Look out, it's the backlog boys. Virus detected. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Backlog Boys podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Colt, and with me I have... Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of the Backlog Boys podcast. I'm one of your three co-hosts, Wenzel, and joining me today are... Hey, what's up everybody? This is Tanner. This is episode one of the Backlog Boys. I'm joined by my two beautiful co-hosts. Hey, I'm Colt, and welcome to episode one of the Backlog. Okay, we can't just keep going. <laughs> hey, it's me, Wenzel. What's up? This is episode one of the Backlog Boys. I said first episode before, but sorry. This is episode one of the Backlog Boys, and joining me today are... I, d- I didn't think we were going to do it again. Oh, uh, Colt, Tanner, and Wenzel, we're back with the Backlog Boys. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot funnier in my head. Uh, funny. <laughs> I mean, it was funny, but I was expecting to, like, shit my pants in laughter. I mean, you can still do that. (laughs) (laughs) I just like how Tanner just laughed so hard. It sounded like just somebody dying, like, on a audio like it was so fucking loud. It was so loud. It cut out like it was crazy. There was, um, oh, my God, something happened the other day where I started (laughs) laughing and I was eating, which is never a good combo for me. And I've sincerely thought it's probably the closest I've felt to death since the car accident. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty terrifying. I was like, this is how I go out. You choke on food. Jesus Christ. That would suck. It was like chicken and dumplings. Oh, my God. Damn. Yeah. Then I don't remember. I think we were watching a video or something and something happened. I started because I've gotten. In case y'all don't know, I am getting a little bit older. Like, I'm almost 27. So Uh I've already developed my, like, dad slash, like, wheezing laugh. (laughs) Where, yeah, we're like, like now, when I I laugh really hard, I don't laugh really loud. I just laugh really long. (laughs) Okay. That's Yeah, so it's pretty scary. So it's probably going to take me out uh, any day. Yeah, um, with almost being you know twenty seven, I'm like halfway to senior benefits, so yeah, hopefully true. I can make it um all the way before. But uh, I, I want uh, Cole. What are we talking about today? Yeah, today we're not just talking about Tanner shooting himself and dying. We're also going to be talking <laughs> about our first big game on this podcast that we're going to be covering. Last week we told you we're going to be covering The Last of Us, and uh, that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about it giving you some rundown some facts all that goodness i'm gonna give Mm -hmm. you the review baby yep should also say in case that wasn't obvious enough full spoilers we are going ham on spoilers for last of us and the left behind dlc yeah so for some reason you have not played it it's been out for almost a decade uh maybe turn this off give us that play come back another day give us another play helps the podcast a ton or yeah. if you just don't care and want to hear us talk about the last of us, uh, this podcast for you. I will say yeah. the version that we're playing that we played together was the PlayStation Five uh, remake. So if you're kind of hesitant on whether you want to play that or what you 
possibly might think of it. You can listen to us talk about it because that's what we're that's the version we're gonna be talking about. But me and Colt also have prior experience with the PS3 and the PS4 versions as well. Yes. So that's just a heads up for you as well to um consider. Yeah, we're coming at you from all angles here, but the, the version we did sit down and play from start to finish is Last of Us Part One. And here's my question. It are is the PS3 and the PS4 version? This is such a stupid question, but I guess it needs to ask be asked. Is The Last of Us for PS3 also now The Last of Us Part One, or is it like you have The Last of Us, The Last of Us Remastered, and The Last of Us Part One? I mean, technically, I guess it's also Last of Us Part One because it's the same game, but not. Yeah. So I just like I wonder, like, would you kind of like? which I guess there's extra content in that, but you know, people referred to kingdom hearts two and kingdom hearts two final mix as two separate games, even though there's a little bit extra stuff in kingdom hearts two final mix. Um, but I, I feel like there's a distinguishable difference from, and we'll get into this later, but from, and obviously with them being on three different consoles, I guess you can differentiate them. So, I, I, I will say we're, we'll, we'll discuss this a bit later in the episode because the remake is definitely something that it builds upon obviously the the original game but it um it definitely heightens it and you can tell there's a substantial difference mm-hmm. and we'll 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 have to talk about that later and how it um in comparison but also to of like of how this is um it feels like a I guess you can I I can't say upgrade. It's like um what's the what's the right phrasing here? I don't know. Up, upgrade seems like a yeah a good word, but I mean it, it it's I, not I would a, almost like, argue it's a whole retooling. It's it's like so the gameplay mechanics are still the same. That hasn't been touched and that's mm-hmm. officially stated by the company itself. The story's but, the exact same. Mm-hmm. But there are certain things in the game that, while it doesn't make an entirely different game, it completely changes. Yeah, changes it. It's like watching a movie for the first time on VHS, and then twenty years down the line, somebody there is a flawless four K remastered version of it that just adds so much to the movie because you can see it's almost like you can see the colors of the movie for the first time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's essentially going from three sixty p to four uh, K. It's yeah. pretty fucking crazy. It's pretty yeah. that's pretty spot on. Uh yeah. Tanner and there's and some so- other technical aspects again we will talk about later because we want to get through the actual development process first. But that we'll touch on that I think I I, I may surprise you with my takes. I may surprise I, you. I will okay. say, um before we get uh, one more thing before we get into the facts, I should say the basis for this episode and why we started it was because for the longest time Tanner had the hottest take about this game and that he didn't like it. He thought it was boring, that it sucked, and so um, we held that into our hearts, me and Colt specifically. And he never un- like fully explained why. He always just said it sucked. Yeah, so we held that in our hearts forever until recently when Tanner mentioned about doing a video game podcast, and we were like, you know what? Yeah, let's do that. But here are conditions, and one of the conditions was this. We have to yeah, play they, the last Yeah, they bullied of us. me into this. Well, okay. Um, we We were like, we have to play The Last of Us, and we have to get your we have to have your fully formed opinion on this game. And we have to do an episode about part one, part two and the DLC. And um, and yeah, and we'll, we'll get 
into Tanner's opinion in the later part of the um, episode where we're all discussing our impressions, experiences, and all that. So there you go. All right. I think I'm going to start with the credits for now, uh, just to give you a little idea of uh, some people that worked with this game. Not everyone, because hundreds of people did work in this game but they do yeah there's no way we could just individually list every single person that touched this game (laughs) but i have that list right in front of me (laughs) in alphabetical order uh we could go with the obvious uh it was published by sony computer entertainment it was developed by naughty dog the og the big dead dog yeah that's true two directors bruce strally and neil Druckmann. Uh, when it comes to directors, you mostly hear about Neil Druckmann. He's like the face mm. of this game, pretty much. Yeah, weirdly enough. Even though there was two, I, I don't really remember Bruce Strally at all. When I was doing like looking up this stuff for this episode, I had no clue who he was. It's the first time I ever heard of him. Uh, yeah, uh, like especially now, like with the last of us having the reputation that it does and especially like neil Druckmann having that reputation that he does um i feel like he's the one always associated with this game but i, I looked up bruce stradley real quick i'm like did he leave naughty dog after last of us one but no like he was he was actually a ma- major player for uncharted he was the game director for the left behind dlc also uh director for uncharted 4 so hmm. he's I got mean, some great like, games under his belt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, before that he had both Uncharted one and two, uh Jack and Daxter two, three, uh the precursor legacy as an artist. I mean, so it's not like this guy just randomly came in because oh, no. again, you never hear about this guy, but he has a special thanks in Goragoa, which has been pretty popularly, you know, one of the more famous indie games that really especially got like uh criterion mm-hmm. uh out there in front of everybody so it's just like one of those things is like wow that's kind of insane yeah uh, wow yeah uh, to continue yeah. some credits uh design and by criterion i meant anna purina sorry oh, okay, <laughs> i'm, think, yeah, I'm thinking of the prestige <laughs> game but anna, yeah i totally meant and i don't know why criterion i've been thinking of you know movies i guess uh, designer Jacob Minkoff, uh, programmers Travis McIntosh, the Apple, no, uh, Travis McIntosh and Jason Gregory. Some artists that worked on this: so Eric Pangillion. Ki- P- sorry, I just Pang- fucked that up. Pangol- Pangolinen, Pangolinen, and Nate Wells. The writer Neil Druckmann again, and uh, composer Gustavo Santola. Santola. Yeah, these are Who... these are the lead people, by the way. Yeah. So. Just like like they said before, you know, we can't name everybody, but these are just the lead people. Yes. Yeah, probably the most recognizable, especially uh, Neil and I would say I would honestly argue Gustavo because Gustavo has went on to do um, the score for several other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Prestige esque no, projects. A famous composer and musician. So I, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. But uh, I, go ahead, Colt. I would say that's the credits, really, that we're going to say. Yeah, so it it is interesting because I feel like really before this time, and y'all may know a little bit more about this than I do, you didn't really hear about a director so much for a video game. You would hear the term maybe technical director, 
But um, we have here, which by the way, huge thanks to Colton Wenzel. They put together a Google Doc that has all the information in the fucking world on it. It's actually a pretty great resource. Um, Bruce Straley and Neil Druckmann. Uh, Druckmann was the creative director and Straley was the game director. And I would say prior to this, you especially didn't hear about a, a game anyways having two directors and especially a huge budget first party title like this i would say maybe the only other thing you could claim before that was probably metal gear like you know that's a hideo kojima game yeah Yeah. but i mean prior to this you just never heard about directors and who's the gears of war guy oh my god what's his name oh uh why did you bring him up? Damn it! Because he's the guy that I knew beforehand. Like he was like when Gears no, of War was first coming out. I know out, you're I talking him. about, uh, but I can't Cliff remember Blin- him now. Oh, uh, Cliff, Cliff Blinsky. That's it. Cliff. Yeah. Blinsky. No, I was gonna say that's like the other person who I think of. Like this is the face of a game because, like, yeah. like Tanner said, you know, you don't really hear about directors besides like very like iconic or famous people yeah. and, and you hear uh, about it more now especially with oh, indie yeah. titles yeah absolutely. like i mean toby fox is synonymous with undertale god mode yeah now and there's several other directors you hear a lot about now but again this is just nine years ago prior to this again with with my knowledge of video games you just never really heard about the directors yeah i mean it could be that we were kids at that point, or I was, and Wenzel was, so we just didn't really know about the people behind it, the people that created I, I will the say, art like every, every time when it came to talk about video games and, like, jobs and stuff, because I remember mm-hmm. we had to do all those job kind of tests or um, assignments, um, looking that stuff up, and one of the things that would always come up is video game developer. You never heard yeah, a director. developer. It always mm-hmm. say developer. They even had videos to accompany this about people who would develop video games and um from their account like from first person accounts of it and that's it like like there was nothing else there's no like you know directors uh, artists animators you know and not even writers yeah. it mean, was writers. very vague it was yeah very it was vague. pretty much a catch-all like you want to work in yeah. video games be a developer but like it, there's a huge difference between a actual proper developer a designer a director you know writing you know artists scenery order i mean mocap there's so much shit that goes into a video game environmental specialists like yeah yeah. i mean especially now with these prestige titles like which i think we can say without a shadow of the doubt think of what the game as you will the the last of us is very much a prestige title yes yeah um at this point and i really feel like this I mean, you could argue Uncharted with Naughty Dog really jumping from like, oh, Crash and Jacks to, oh, actually, now we're going to make Tomb Raider, but a dude. And then they made Last of Us. And it's like, okay, they're, they kind of led this market of the more narrative focused single player experience. That yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Somehow, even almost a decade later, people start, still argue that nobody wants to play a single player narrative. And then, uh, Arguably, the two bit, or I would say the two biggest games that are coming out this year are mainly single player games with Elden Ring and God of War. I mean, I know you can play Elden Ring multiplayer, but you can just enjoy it just as much as single player. And then God of War is probably 
the 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 biggest name title coming out this year. I don't think anything else is remote, remotely close. Yeah, it's the biggest um, uh, console exclusive for the PS5 ever. This is going to be the console seller. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ragnarok will be the console seller, but th- th- this game, at, at least in our eyes, our generation eyes. Keep in mind, Colton Wenzel, born in ninety eight, ninety nine. Me, born ninety five. This this is like the leaping point of like video games making that mainstream push. Yeah. Like, oh, yes. actually, video games can tell stories. Video games are kind of like movies because I've been, I I guess, doing accidental research and listening to some podcasts from like video, video game podcasts from like 2009, 2010, which I would not recommend. But oh, yeah. um, <laughs> don't, don't listen to any podcast that's over eight years old. Yeah, just don't. Unless in eight years, uh, or when AOICH turns eight, you can listen to that. So. Yeah, you can li- you can listen to that. Um, but it's it's very much like it's so interesting hearing the conversations in a pre Last of Us world because it's like, oh, nobody takes video games seriously. Oh, are you excited for the Spike TV Game Awards? And it's just like, yeah, I know this is a huge tangent. That I didn't even mean to go on, but it's definitely like this this in. 20, 30, 40 years, and even now, I will say like 2013, 2014, 2015 is like a turning point in video games going from like, oh, this is cool, nerds like it. Oh, this is cool, nerds like it. Oh, this is cool, period. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, you're you're absolutely on point with that. Um, we'll definitely um I definitely think we'll talk about it more later because I, I definitely have some stuff to say about that, but very much you're on you're right there at it, like you're on the nose with um with that era and with going forward all right I'm, i think i'm just gonna go ahead and hit the synopsis throw it at you it's not that long but i'm gonna hit you with it uh in the not so distant future the world is ravaged by a mutated genus of fungus cordyceps which turns humans into hostile and cannibalistic creatures far removed from their humanity. The players play as Joel, a smuggler tasked with taking a 14-year-old girl, Ellie, across post-apocalyptic U.S. to a faction known as Fireflies so that they may create a cure because Ellie, so far, is the only immune human. And that's pretty much the whole synopsis. We'll get into details later. But I just wanted to throw that at you so you have that in your head as we talk about some of the details uh, next. I also yeah. think it's funny with this coming out in 2013, you're pretty much at, if not peak, right before peak Walking Dead. Yes. And yes. I genuinely, I remember, I remember when this game was announced and shown for the first time, I remember my immediate reaction was, shit, more zombies. Because we just came off, I feel like a whole console generation built off of zombies. Um, Because you had Dead Rising. We were still being, in it. We didn't yeah, yeah, we were in the middle of it, but we, we were... I guess towards the latter end of it. Oh yeah, this is like the uh, PlayStation Three swan song. Yeah, and it, yeah, because this again, the original version of this came out just months before the PS4. Um, and it's just like, God, more zombies, really? Like, what? What <laughs> more can you do with zombies? I feel like it's a lot of the same stuff that people. And I'm not comparing the two games at all. Haven't played the second game I'm about to mention, but I just feel like it's worth mentioning. When I first saw Days Gone. You're just like zombies, really? Can can how many more ways can that story be told? Um and like on the surface, based solely on that synopsis, you're just like, ah, really? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a fair point. Um, You're right. Like you said, Dead Rising, Left for Dead. Um, I mm -hmm. think the Walking Dead Telltale game. Every Call just, of yeah, Duty game. Around this time. Which, which keep in mind, all those titles in the respective rights are huge. Obviously, there is a huge market for this. Left for Dead. I'm huge. part Left of that. Dead 2, 2. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. all are. Left yeah. for Dead 2 is one of my favorite games ever. The zombie modes in Call of Duty is what, you know, had me buying those games for several years. Uh, Dead I Rising, again. Zombies. <laughs> i mean it is it's part of that yeah. i mean i mean wenzel is right plants vs zombies was like at one point one of the biggest games you could play on your phone or tablet yeah, yep. it was on everything it was on everything yeah, I mean, your yeah, shitty it's phones on, yeah i mean everything and then i mean it spun off two like third person shooters or three which were maybe. actually really good which were actually yeah, yeah like fairly good <laughs> so like zombies were huge even like with movies you had zombie land come out uh, in like 2009-ish, which is that, like right that, in the... That was in 2005, Dawn of the Dead. But yeah, no, uh, yeah. Zombieland. Um, it was around Zombieland. the time the zombie movies were kind of dying, but video games were kicking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, for real. Zombies, in, in case you are maybe a little bit younger listening to this, zombies in the late aughts or early 2010s is what people f act like superhero movies are like now just a huge oversaturation with it but in every form of media imaginable whether that be oh, tv video games world war movies. Z. yeah world, world war z, z. yeah that was yeah a i mean it started as a book and i know the book was huge and then when it became mm -hmm. a movie it became just as big too so that's something also i forgot <laughs> yeah i mean just <laughs> a lot of zombies in the in the late aughts till prob probably around 2013 14 15 <laughs> just zombies everywhere you look like people are like oh four marvel movies a year that's crazy but imagine if there was like 25 zombie projects that came out every per year month yeah i mean it was like every day if you love halloween guess what you would have loved 2009 coming off a financial crisis but guess what you can go to theaters and watch fucking zombie land yep amen amen <laughs> <laughs> i miss it I don't. 2009 was a person. Well, hold on. 2008 was a personally a good year for me, but also I was 13 and had no. Oh, wait a minute. 2008 was a good year for me too. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't lose my job. To, uh, Panic at the Disco and uh, all that old music G back then. I 2008. I had just gotten my first Xbox 360, and we had also moved into our house rather than living in um, apartments and poverty. <laughs> 2008, 2008 was the year I got Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, big year. I got my Xbox December of 07. Um, Dang. Right, right after Halo 3 came out, I got an Elite, which at the time had 120 gigabytes, um, which was way more than a 360 ever needed for a 12-year-old. Um, but then I got Wi-Fi and lost a whole year of my yeah. life to Halo 3 multiplayer online. I was in fourth grade. <laughs> I sure. I don't. Uh, I can, yeah. could not tell you off the top of my head. Seventh. I, I was in fourth as well. I remember because I had also, like I said, we we had moved into a house. That was actually the we had moved into. Um, we had moved like far out, so I had to start at a new school. All right, uh, y'all ready to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we could talk about the game. I mean, we've just been talking about ourselves, which we don't matter. We're not even people; like, we don't even exist. <laughs> wow, that's that, that's a reference. 
Uh, I guess we really are the last of us. I think you should leave to I the show. All right, y'all ready for some uh, some fun facts about this? Hit me with some fun facts. I love. And if fun you're facts. not having fun, uh, scream bloody murder, and then I'll get the hint. Damn, we really are Stranger Things. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> A La- uh, Last of Us originally released on June 14th, 2013 on the PlayStation 3. I don't know if you guys, uh, or Wenzel at least, pre-ordered the game, but I remember when this game was popping up, I remember going to the GameStop with my mom and being like, I want to pre-order a new game. And uh, I pre-ordered that. It was a collector's edition that comes with like a comic book and uh, a huge art book. I still have it somewhere in my room. And uh, I almost canceled it. Because uh, there was some other game. I have no fucking clue what it was. Uh, but I almost canceled it for that game instead of That was this. coming out at around the same time? Yes. And uh, and I'm so glad that I did not cancel it. Because the GameStop employee said, are you sure? Uh, the Last of Us is doing really good. It's getting some nice reviews. And uh, I was like, fine. I'll fucking I'll stay with it. And I'm so glad I did. Yeah, he actually had to go back and apologize to the employee for calling him a little bitch. Yeah. I, I'm looking at summer releases of 2013. I wonder, was it Metal Gear Solid, the Legacy Collection? No, I, w- I didn't get into that till later. Oh, was it Rayman Legends? Nope. Actually, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it very yeah. well could have been Rayman Le- Legends. It came out. It, it came out in August of 2013. Yeah, I think so. Glad I didn't, because uh, I've played Rayman Legends, and it's not for me. Yeah, or it could have been GTA, which came out in September. I bought that 100. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was re-released July 29th, 2014, on the PlayStation 4, and finally September 2nd, 2022, almost 10 years later, remade for the PlayStation 5, completely from the ground up, remade. Uh, essentially the same game i will yeah. say i think they should have just waited for the 10th anniversary i realize sony had no games coming out in the fall time i mean until god of war but they really had no big summer release either yeah um so i realized they had to push this out but it's been kind of cool to have like uh the last of us 10 you know 10 year anniversary edition or something and they could have added a bunch of stuff because this does not include which I know Col- Colton Wenzel will be able to touch on this. I can't speak to it at all, but this they did not reopen the servers. There's no multiplayer to this. It is just the single-player Last of Us experience and yes. Left Behind. So I have nothing to weigh in on the multiplayer, which I do remember at the time everybody talking about the multiplayer and it being surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, I but I, I don't think enough it. people played it because it those servers did not stay up long. I think they did. I think they stayed up uh, till like 2015, 16, 17, somewhere in there. I don't know. I'll look it up, though. All right. Uh, Naughty Dog started. Oh, shit. What? They shut down in 2019. There you go. I told you they were alive. There was people actively playing it till it closed. Yeah, that's it was nuts. pretty wild. Yeah, I followed the famous streamer. Um... I Chuck McGill. I, I couldn't come up with a stupid name. I don't know. And there's actually stuff. still like private bootlegged servers that you could still play factions on to this day. Wait a minute. Who? Hey guys, let's just go 
uh, let's go on the deep web, go to uh, this bootleg server for us to play The Last of Us multiplayer. Dude, People you'd be sh- shocked at how often that happens, especially in games that don't have active servers anymore or like their servers are shut down. Like, I'm, shit, that's like when the original Xbox Live service shut down. There was a game of Halo 2 that went on for like over a month after it shut down. And Damn. I mean, it, it's just let kind get, of. Let me get my sunglasses and leather then. Okay. Get it. All right. Anyway. Go get it. Uh, Naughty Dog started developing The Last of Us in 2009 after the release of Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. Uh, for the first time in Naughty Dog's history, they split into two teams. One team worked on Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception, while the other began work on The Last of Us. Which is pretty crazy because Drake's Deception and The Last of Us are both really good, high-quality games. Yeah. So, all around, Naughty Dog's got some amazing developers, employees there doing their job. This also goes into the podcast I'm listening to, has specifically talking about uh, because where I'm listening to Uncharted 2 had just came out, and they're like, "Oh, it's so weird." Uncharted One, a bunch of people say it's a great game, but everybody says the acting in it's so good, and nobody ever talks about the acting in a video game. And then like the same conversation continued with Uncharted 2, and I feel like now playing The Last of Us, you're like, "Okay." They're they have obviously found their footing in the space of like premium prestige single player experiences because mm-hmm. and again I know we keep saying we'll get into it later but the the acting performances did not stop being good after Uncharted two <laughs> like every game since they have just mm-hmm. been fucking stellar like legitimately you know high budget productions with like incredible acting. There needs to be a video game Oscars because uh, there's some people that just put their heart and soul into these roles. Yeah, they're called the Keelys. Kojima Col- games. Yeah, I was about to say they're called the Keelys. Uh, Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> well, universe- Which I, I, sorry, I, no, I, I just I will say-, say now. I will say now. At least the video game awards has, or the game awards is what he calls it, the TGAs. Does yeah. have a l- little bit more credibility, even though there's not as much variety there as some of us would like. But you could also say that about the Oscars yeah. or the Emmys or any other major award show. So I guess, in a sense, it has done a good job repl- replicating that for the video game space. Yeah. But at the same time, like, wh- why does a Nintendo game win Best Family Game every fucking year? It's <laughs> all they make. For the most part. I'm sure, but like to have a category and then it be all Nintendo games, kind of fucking dumb. Yeah. I don't know. Pokemon's pretty edgy. Okay, Colt, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> While at university, Neil Druckmann had an idea to merge gameplay of Ico. It's a story set in a zombie apocalypse, like uh, George Mar- Romero's Night of the Living Dead, with a lead character similar to John Hardigan from the Sin City comic books. I don't know shit about Sin City. I just know it's a comic book. And yeah. I know how Joel is. So it's probably a, a gray uh, moral guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds about right. I do think it's interesting that Neil Druckmann, like it's been explicit because again, there's so much information out about this game, especially at this point. Um, So Neil Druckmann is 43. Yes. So while he would have been in university, 
in the late 90s. So for, I, I guess you can at least appreciate that, like, okay, th this idea would have worked. Then, like, ima imagine if somehow he, he breaks into gaming sooner than he does, and The Last of Us comes out in, like, 2005. Oh, that would be... I could see that it would. Uh, I'd, I'd actually enjoy that. The thought of it, it would have done just the. You know, a bunch of people make like these demakes. Like I think yeah. the most popular demake is probably the Bloodborne. Yeah. Like if Bloodborne was on yeah. PlayStation One. Well, I, I think weirdly enough, a demake of The Last of Us, which you could argue, I guess, is the PS3 version at this point, um, would be very interesting to to see in motion. Maybe even with like. Again, no way to make this project possible without a time machine, but <laughs> pull voice actors from that time. Like, yeah. get fucking <laughs> David Hayter to do Joel. I will Fuck. I will say, if there was ever a D-make of The Last of Us, I think it would hurt it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I it mean, would, they can't would... do that now. Yeah, no, not not now. I'm just talking about in the in the context of wow, this game would have been really weird if it did come out in 2000. No, that's in, what I'm saying. In the though. early like, parts it, of the 2000s, if it did come out in that time. I don't think it would be nearly as effective as it is now. Yeah, I mean, I could see, especially with some of the stuff the game does, anyways. Because yeah, I mean, like this game pushed the PS3 hmm. to its limit. Yeah, and then. I the the PS4 remastered, you know, at least took some advantage of the PlayStation 4, but now part 1 I mean, it has to be one of the best looking things on PlayStation 5. It is. It really it is. It's not the best looking thing. Uh, there's only one thing I immediately think that looks better and <laughs> that's Modern Warfare 2 weirdly enough. That Horizon just Zero Dawn is also very Her Yes, either. the not Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, Forbidden West. Yeah, it does look incredible. I'm sure God of War is going to be right up there. But as far as like how like there's only so much better in my mind, I feel like video games will ever look. Yeah, I, like there's only so realistic you can get until you're just fucking playing FMV games. I, I will say we got to we got to just save this for the opinions because I will we'll talk about this because, uh, yeah, this this all goes together. Yeah. Uh, the idea that Druckmann had in college is that uh, the lead character would be a police officer tasked with a job protecting a young girl, similar to the actual final product. Uh, but due to a lead character's heart condition, players would assume control of the young girl. So uh, that translated into The Last of Us 2. Uh, not Last of Us 2, uh, Last of Us. Yeah, I mean, that, that wasn't a spoiler or anything. That doesn't happen in The Last of Us uh, Part 2. <laughs> no. Yeah. But um, perfectly. <laughs> executed I, I i guess it is nice to see like a, a guy's vision again that he had had for by the time this game came out 15 years at least come to fruition a little bit like obviously joel was not a fucking cop um yeah but Thank like God. at least yeah but it, at least like oh you know what we should have like this you know synonymous gameplay mechanic sort of deal yeah it, it's neat it re really thinking about it in the 90s ahead of its time um but looking at it with 2022 eyes in 2013 you're like okay well people kind of do that now but to have that kind of forethought again in the late 90s is kind of insane uh, neil Druckmann views the last of us as a coming of age story in which ellie adapts to survival after spending time with joel 
as well as exploration of how willing a father is to save his child, the relationship between Joel and Ellie was the focus of the game, and all other elements were developed around it. And I, I found that really interesting. I, I'm just curious how that actually worked. Yeah, I would have loved to seen this, the storyboard that goes from, okay, obviously this game is about Joel and Ellie, like a... I guess a father daughter esque dynamic. And then it builds out to actually Ellie's immune to the zombie apocalypse. Oh, by the way, there's a zombie apocalypse. Like yeah. it just seems like a real interesting, like, <laughs> and then like also too, like when you're thinking about like gameplay, like how does that develop around this? Like, um, and, and you do, you actually do experience how that affects the gameplay. It's really interesting and mm -hmm. really good and, and especially like picking who you play as when definitely yeah. adds to that too because I, I mean just touching on a little bit of a story beat real quick you don't play till ellie till near ish you're about 75 percent through the game yeah um yeah. which but it adds so much to the game at that point, it's again. I, I would love to see, and I'm sure you could probably find out online somewhere through a developer commentary, director commentary, whatever. Um, how exactly they built pretty much the core of the game, and then expand upon that, but expand expand it in ways that are weird. That are like, uh, actually, you're going to play as both of them. Uh, you need to play as this guy here, and you're going to play as the girl here. Also, there's a zombie apocalypse. Also um there's this weird dynamic and then da 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 da, oh, da there's and batman yeah yeah batman's there because <laughs> like in the batman games you could swap between batman robin and nightwing and stuff like that it was always it was always kind of weird but it was cool but anyway uh troy baker and ashley johnson ashley johnson were cast as joel and ellie and provided voice and motion capture performances Baker and Johnson's contributed to the development of the characters in many ways. For example, Baker convinced Druckmann that Joel would care for Tess due to his loneliness, which in the final version, you kind of get a yeah that like he maybe they had a relationship at some point. But, uh, mm -hmm. And Johnson convinced Ellie should be stronger and more defensive. And thank God for that. Cause yeah, I definitely, love definitely to all timer before. I, I mean, do we, can we get into the performances here? At, at, at this point or do we kind of want to save it we can touch on them a little bit okay i'm just going to touch on them a little bit two all-timer level performances from these two. Oh yeah and the 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 no on and I, I know that troy baker now is known as like the voice acting guy was not known as that in 2013 he was um, on his way there though. he was he on was his on way, way for sure yeah. but like this game really was like skyrocketed him he's yes. now the fucking voice actor guy um because nolan then, north was the big head yes big head big guy at the time and then <laughs> since they both worked with naughty dog he was uh, nathan drake and now he's uh joel uh, they become the two leaders of the voice acting community at least for playstation yeah yeah uh, yeah at least for playstation first huge huge titles because i mean these yeah. guys just don't voice act on anything and i i don't think we have to even begin to delve into troy baker's voice acting credits because no, at this point it's you know just him. like 
pretty much almost every major game you've probably played in the last decade. He's in it somewhere, probably. Yeah, he's yeah. like very high demand. Yeah, uh, I would love to know how much he gets paid. Following comparisons to actor Elliot Page, Ellie's appearance was redesigned to better reflect Johnson's personality and make her younger. I remember uh, that when, uh, when I first saw Ellie, I thought that looks a lot like Elliot Page. And yeah. The, the whole community yep. too, too. Cause at around the time, uh, I want to say, yeah, around the same time, Elliot Page was in uh, beyond two souls, beyond two souls mm -hmm. for real. They looked so much alike and, um, it was hard not to make those comparisons. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Even some of the facial expressions. Yeah. I are like, say, I would say, that wow, too. how did you capture this with not actually capturing like pages face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, it's, I don't know. Pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Other characters also underwent changes. Tess was originally intended to be the main antagonist, but the team found it difficult to believe her motives and uh, the sexuality of Bill was originally less vague in the script, but is also was altered to further reflect that he was gay, which I'm glad they did. Cause I thought that was a nice little tidbit. Just I say nice little tidbit to see him cry over his boyfriend hanging himself. Oh, well, he didn't yeah. cry. He called him a douche. Oh yeah. yeah. But it was, it was definitely like the tough macho guy, like <sighs> very, idiot. yeah. Very mm -hmm. like doomer isolation or isolated yep. kind of, yeah. Tough macho guy. Um, it was it was like really interesting and not something seen in most um, media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, again, especially during in the early 2010s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, during that. I mean, time, I mean, now you read something like that and you're like, oh, okay. Well, that's. I mean, that's neat that they're getting that representation, but in 2013, especially in fucking video games. Yeah, that, yeah, that wasn't. You there. wasn't seeing it. I remember when I was little first playing that, I just didn't know he was gay. I just thought like, damn, he said his friend killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was the same way. I thought the same thing. And like, after, you know, after playing it and now playing this, it's like, like, holy shit, like, man. Um, and I mean, that that was like back then, like we said, it just it wasn't something you well in America, um, it's just something you didn't they didn't really focus on. Which mm -hmm. is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And and then touching on Tess for a second, I completely, about her motives, yeah, it, the game would not, if there was some swerve at the end, be like, actually, Tess is the bad guy. Uh, that would have been stupid. It, yeah, it I don't even really, know how she would have been the bad guy. Yeah, I mean, they would have had to completely rewrite her character, so I guess it is kind of weird. But if they were going to leave the beginning portion this similar with like her and Joel definitely have had a thing before, and then somehow Tess is the main antagonist, it would have been very weird. Especially in this game, because, again, I know we're going to touch on the story beats, but I keep wanting to... I don't really feel like there is a main antagonist. No, I was yeah. about to say there, there really isn't a main antagonist because with how the story is developed, it, mm -hmm. it's just, there's no room for that. Now yeah, there's no that, room for like an absolute evil. If that yeah. makes sense. And that's, and that's done purposefully. And yeah. now we see that kind of change. And I say kind of very, very loosely for part two. I won't say what else. We'll talk about that whenever we get to that, but it's kind of different for part two, but for the most part, it's this and, um, and yeah, it's, um, it, it just, it, 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 uh, works really well. Um, that's, 
sorry, I, I know I'm having, we always have to keep reeling in Tanner, but also I'm having to reel in myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about with this game. <laughs> there is. There is. Uh, oh, yeah, just another thing about Tess in the PS3 and PS4 version. She's actually got a change for the remake. I, I think, I don't know this for a fact, but I think that they found her too young. They wanted her to be older looking but because she is around the same age as Joel. And uh, so they made her look a little bit older in the uh, remake. Um, I, I, I agree. We, so we did watch, I guess we can touch on this a little bit. The, the PS3 versus the PS5 version that's kind of the same around the board. I think everybody looks their appropriate age. I feel okay. like Joel looks too young in the PS3 I, I will version. Say, like, okay, God damn it. We got to talk about it because, <laughs> um, so in that comparison, and I remember, I remember this too, whenever we were playing the game and then I, I watched a video essay about it, the guy, and like from like the um the guy Joel from like the um from like all the comparisons is like yes Joel originally in the Last of Us he was old but he looked a little too young and so did Tess but mm -hmm. this re remake it does them justice you yes. really feel their age and it's just like this changes the game entirely yeah because on top of them being at the earliest mid forties at the absolute youngest and probably honestly, maybe 50, but you also have to judge into the effect to the fact that we're 20 years into a zombie apocalypse. Yes. That's going to fucking age you quicker 20, than how we age. <laughs> you, you for Joel, you see all of the grief and loss he has gone through and the world hardening him literally like wood, like a tree. It's all in his face, his, his, his wrinkles, his eyes, the bags under his eyes. It's it's all there. You see it all. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, yeah. Would you like to hear a little tidbit? I just uh, found a little fact for us. According to his Fedra ID card in The Last of Us Part 1, Joel was born on September 28th, 1981. Outbreak Day took place on September 28th, 2013, meaning that Joel was 32 when his daughter Sarah died and the apocalypse began, which means at the beginning of Last of Us Part 1, he is 52 years old. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. You do Damn. not get that in that PS3 version. No. You do not. Oh. You get uh, it in, uh, yeah. in this. Yeah. yeah he's the so, same age and, as my mom. That's weird. So, yeah. So, Joel is 52. And so, you, you would have to guess that Tess is probably similar in age. Maybe late 40s. Yeah. Uh, and again, did not look at. And again, also touching. Ellie looks like a, a little child. Yes. In part three. In in the in the remake and part one or on the ps3 she looks like a child in part one she looks like a teenager would look as opposed yeah. to a little kid yeah it it's like it, it's insane how much it elevates an already established great game mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah uh the last of us features an original score composed by primarily primarily by Gustavo Santalala. Uh, he's the guy we talked about before. He's worked on Brokeback Mountain, Narcos. and Won an uh, Academy also... Award for Brokeback Mountain. Yes. Uh, actually. And, and he, he's, he's done all the Narcos. On, he's working on uh, uh, The Last of Us's HBO show as well. Which is nice. I wonder if we'll get original compositions or just more so maybe remastered remakes, maybe remixes of the existing, probably a little bit of both. Um, 
for the HBO series. We'll have to find out. Uh, he's also known for his minimalist compositions. Uh, he was contacted early in development. He used various instruments to compose the score, including some that he was unfam unfamiliar with, uh, giving a sense of danger and innocence. Uh, and That's in his fun. And uh, in his live performances, he plays a Ron, a Ron Rocco, which is what he uses for the intro theme. It's really, really cool. Um, I, he, oh, he, very, very well composed. I mean, like, in watching him play, it's just, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very beautiful. Uh, the Ron Rocco is basically, um, I want to say like a Bolivian uh, mandolin and the back of it is made from like armadillo shell. Let me check to make sure. Uh, or sorry, it's from the Andean regions, the Andes mountains. And um, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome little instrument listening to it. Um, so cool. Or sorry, it's the, uh, maybe it's the Charango. Uh, that's made with an armadillo back, but either way, it's a it's a cool little instrument to listen and knowing that that's like what the Last of Us theme like, you know, um, it's a very uh, such a beautiful composition. And I remember in high school, one of our friends he would always play it on guitar, and he taught me uh, a little bit of it on guitar as well. And it's forever stuck in my head, um, in my uh, muscle memory, because it's such a it's such a cool little it's just a cool little song very haunting Especially yeah with that, like intro like sequence of the um of the newscast and of the um of the cells of the of the um fungi like splitting and all that images it's really really cool yes it is yeah it's it's really just a great soundtrack all around from beginning to end like it again i i can understand if you come to this game and don't like it I don't see how you can listen to that soundtrack and be like, eh. Yeah. Like, I mean, if nothing else, that, that soundtrack is amazing. Like, <laughs> like I do love the, the forethought of, you know what? This story is a dangerous story and kind of a story of, you know, losing innocence in a way. And really for both of our characters. And, He's like, I'm going to play instruments I've never fucking touched in my life or ones that I have barely touched in my life. I, I just think that's a fun little neat detail. Uh, Absol yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm sure a ton of people, I'm sure a ton of especially composers do, um, but it's just something cool that, that I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. The Last of Us was announced on December 10th, 2011 at the Spike Video Game Awards alongside its de debut trailer. Uh, and the game originally missed its projected release date of May 7th, 2013, and was pushed to its final release date of June 14th, 2013 for further polishing. And looking at that, I watched that video. I, I watched, it was like a, uh, I want to say Game Rant or something article from that time. It looks so different from what we have now. It's It's pretty weird. <laughs> and the Would Quakers you... are so violent and fast. I mean, they are in the final version, but they seem more so. Yeah, yeah. Would you Would you like to hear about uh, a couple more games that had world premieres at the Spike Video Game Awards 2011? Yes. yes. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Patriots. Oh, that's Trans huge. Yeah, Transformers Fall of Cybertron, 
Bioshock Infinite, oh, fuck. Alan Wake American Nightmare, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, Damn. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD, and The Amazing Spider-Man, as well as new trailers for Mass Effect 3 and Hitman Absolution. That was actually a very stacked that, that's, time. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's fairly stacked. Also, just fun fact, the winner of Game of the Year that year was Skyrim, which if you remember, mm-hmm. uh, Skyrim was debuted at the Spike Video Game Awards the year before in that fucking incredible trailer that revealed it was uh, 11, 11, 11. So good. Release day. Just s- something that I always remember with the, probably my most vivid memory of this era of Video Game Award was that Sky original Skyrim trailer. Um, yeah. Yeah, just we'll never have a release date that's as awesome as that ever again, unless they release a game on 22-22-22. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> we just gotta aren't, get to twenty second month. Aren't they trying to do something for Starfield with like a weird release date? I have date? no clue. I mean, it would make sense because it's Bethesda. Yeah, so. yeah, it was twenty one fifty six thirteen. <laughs> what are you what? saying? <laughs> that was that was the release date for Starfield. Okay. All right. Starfield release date. I sound crazy. Starfield (laughs) release. Man, is it March? Does Starfield have a release date yet? Twenty one. Oh, it's eleven eleven twenty (laughs) two. That's what. No, that was the original. Because it got delayed. Oh yeah, hold on. We're in twenty twenty two now. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. It comes out in the first half of twenty twenty three. It got yeah, the okay. yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, "What? No, it's not." Damn, that'd have been crazy if that came out in November two days after fucking God of War. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry for the t- for the. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of that in this. We just have a yeah. lot of stuff to say. Sometimes our mind wanders, so that's the fun of listening to it. You just don't want us to read facts. You want us to have a conversation. I don't have get the people to going. The game launched uh, with a single-player campaign and a multiplayer game mode called Factions. We've already covered that a little bit. Uh, it was loved, and it died. <laughs> I, I, I could have swore that the servers for it got shut down way before 2019. Yeah. Uh, a remaster was released for the PlayStation 4 July 29, 2014. I know we covered that a little bit. In North America... Uh, including upgraded visuals, higher frame rate, and advanced audio options. It also included all previously released DLC. Uh, it, honestly, at the time, whenever it came out for the PlayStation 4, I didn't really see much of the point. I mean, it, the point was so that people could play it because there was no backwards compatibility. Uh, but it really didn't feel that much of an upgrade to me. Yeah, well, also, too, if you were like me, I didn't own a PlayStation 3, but I bought a PlayStation 4 day one, and I know a lot of other people were in that same boat, and they were like, hmm, this game came out right at the end of the life cycle. We probably don't have to do that much to it. Um, yeah. Let's just put it out for 60 bucks. People will buy it again. I bought it again. I, I bought it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's uh, some general information. We're going to hit you with some DLC stuff because there was a surprisingly amount, uh, a large amount of multiplayer DLC. So La- Last of Us had a season pass included access to all DLC. It had a uh, multiplayer and a full story DLC. A multiplayer DLC included cosmetics, map packs, experience points, weapons, and all that jazz. That fun Did stuff. they actually refer to it as a season pass? Yes. That's crazy. 
I remember uh, when my mom went to pick it up, she bought the season pass without me even knowing. She just did it as a little surprise, and I, I really like that. Wow, that because I I really feel like I think of like the term season pass as like definitely a, a eighth generation PS4 Xbox One thing. I don't really associate that with a PlayStation Three title. I mean, I know the line there is so thin. It kind of but... started with. It started on PlayStation for sure because I want to say it started with Modern Warfare 3 because I know those later Call of Duty games had season passes where you can get all the maps. Yeah. All the map well, packs for free. I mean, yeah, I was about to say, like, even with Halo 3, I remember there being map packs, but they never referred to it as a season pass. You just bought the maps. Yeah, but with Call of Duty, you also had that Elite program where if you paid $50 for this year's Elite program, you get every map pack which was their version of a season pass. Yeah. Strange. And then Battlefield had their own premium thing. Different, what? weird time. Was theirs not called Battlefield 1? No. Okay. I can't remember. I, I don't know why that name sticks out to me. I mean, there was a video game called Battlefield 1. I, I know, but for some reason, I, I like I can see in my mind a progress bar that says Battlefield 1 in this really weird war font. I think it was called Battlefield Premium. Very simple. Yeah, sounds sounds easy enough. I thought Winslow sent us something important for the podcast. <laughs> the real meat of the season pass came from its store DLC, and that's the Last of Us Left Behind. Left Behind was released on February fourteenth, two thousand and fourteen. Uh, that's Valentine's Day. La la la. Oh, what wow. was everybody doing Valentine's Day, twenty fourteen? I oh, what? God, I don't I, know. Shit. What was the Call of Duty that came out? That <laughs> <laughs> it, so the Call of Duty that came out in 2013? Shit, I don't know. Uh, was it Call of Duty Ghosts? No, I did not play Call of Duty Ghosts that much. I was probably doing something. I don't know. Did you not play Ghosts that much? Because it's the first Call of Duty on PS4. It's one of my least favorite Call of Duty games. It's 100% oh. did not play okay. that much. I mean, I was probably, I was probably alone being on Valentine's Day. A sad boy. So <laughs> I could have been playing this. Uh, Left Behind added a campaign that features two different storylines. One set after the prologue of The Last of Us, and it's following Ellie and her friend Riley, and the other being set before the winter chapter. So it's a it's a fun little bouncing back and forth. Yeah, yeah. but you're always playing as Ellie, which I think yes. is really cool because you're just jumping from Ellie. I mean, I guess time wise, what not even a year between the stuff you're playing with Ellie and Riley and the stuff from the actual winter chapter that you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. It's less um, than a year. It, it is weird because prior when we started this, I'm not going to touch in the story beats or anything, but I'm like, Oh, this seems like this is just shit. They cut from the game and they wanted to get it out. And this is why this DLC is here. But then it jumps from to the Riley stuff. And then you actually play through that part. You're like, Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, they definitely developed this around the game. This wasn't just cut content. So yeah. All right, y'all ready to hit some reception? See how like people actually felt about this game? Yeah, I'm sure. I, I don't remember hearing about it much. I'd love to know what people thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, The Last of Us received universal acclaim, according to review aggregator Metacritic, based on 98 reviews. It's currently the fifth highest rated PlayStation 3 game on Metacritic. Now, I'm going to list some games in a second. Uh, I know you've probably already read them, but for the l listeners, uh, guess to yourself what uh, these games are, and I'll tell you. Uh, 
Last of Us in a four-way tie for fifth place at a score of 95 out of 100. And the, I'll tell you what it's tied with. Little Big Planet, Red Dead Redemption, and Portal 2. All three games. Bangers. Bangers. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah Fantastic. Yeah. Like, bangerooskies all around. Also, just weird to think about, like... Little Big Planet, I guess, being in that conversation. Little Big Planet uh, was a it's a good game. Huge. No, I I completely agree. It's it's a, you know good fun game. It's just so weird. Like, I mean, I you know Portal Two always gets like critical acclaim. Red Dead Redemption critical acclaim. Last of Us critical acclaim. You don't think of Little Big Planet and think of critical acclaim. I do. Probably really. You yeah. Suck. No, sorry, sorry, Sack Boy, if you're listening. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's Boy's right. The baby. Uh, the only games beating The Last of Us on PlayStation 3 or 4, it's Halo 2, Halo 3, um, Halo 3 ODST, and um, Meat Boy. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry, I did Let's do it a bit, I guess. Just had to throw I, was, that I thought you were going ahead and reading the next tidbit. I was like, that is not what's there. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was like, Winslow has a different copy of the Google Doc than I do. Uh, <laughs> but uh you have those games in your mind that what do you think beat this game on playstation it is the only games beating last of us on playstation 3 are number four batman arkham city and oh, i didn't no i you numbered them but oh you know, i but understand like, I, I took them off because you didn't really have to number them Oh my god, why'd you fucking take it off? <laughs> because uh, you can just read them out. Batman Arkham City, well, Uncharted in 2, order, Among Thieves, Grand Theft Auto 5, and Grand Theft Auto 4. Batman Arkham City, Uncharted 2, Among Thieves, Grand oh Theft Auto 5, and Grand Theft Auto 4. So <laughs> I had this whole thing in my I had a layout in my head that I was gonna say it in. Shit. <laughs> you don't okay, but when you're listing like this, you don't put you don't number it when you have commas. I, Whatever. I had it laid out. <laughs> it, it, again, funny, funny enough, obviously Uncharted 2, a, another Nutty Dog game. And then you have two Rockstar games in here. So, like, when you really, when you think about, like, the prestige brands, it's Naughty Dog and Rockstar. So, yeah, kind of kind of makes sense. And then Batman Arkham City, I feel like, is the weird one there. Arkham um, City I, is really good. No, I completely, yeah, I know it's, like, again, critical critically acclaimed game arguably maybe the best superhero game ever literally have a cover of the game with nothing but reviews on it it's so annoying (laughs) oh yeah that that cover is awesome (laughs) yeah it's one of the best covers ever yeah it's just like play our game please please i'm also surprised that gta 4 is so high like gta 4 is not i don't hate it but it's when it comes to GTA games, it's one of the few that I don't really care about. Really? I feel like GTA 4 is great, especially if you account the the, the DLCs. I never I mean, Ballad of DLC. Gay Tony is still arguably maybe one of the best campaign expansions ever released. Uh, maybe that was a hot take. I don't yeah, know. Sorry. You shut your fucking <laughs> Cole gave a fire emoji to my picture I sent in the chat. <laughs> That's all I care about. Reviewers praise the character development, story, and subtext, visual and sound design, and depiction of female and G- uh, 
not GTA, LGBT <laughs> characters. It is considered one of the most significant seventh generation video games and has been included amongst the greatest video games of all time. Yeah. And this was pretty immediate, obviously. Like, it, th- this game did not become big several years later. It was like, I mean, this game pretty much won every Game of the Year award you could have won. Yeah. In 2013, um, forums, you know, at actual video game award shows, whatever. It, it, it swept. I mean, it, it was a sweep of the last of us and yeah it's just kind of interesting that it was so immediate and yeah like, i guess we really didn't see another game that pretty much became an instant classic like this again until i would breath of the wild maybe um i feel like there's something in between there there's Witcher probably three? something in between but like just Witcher so three w- yeah Witcher yeah three. okay which which are three probably yeah that became like just that instant classic status, like pretty much as soon as it released. Um, but yeah, again, very limited company. I mean, you're talking about three games over a five year period. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fast. <laughs> People love this game. And right, now we're going to cover the last of us part one because it's kind of different, but not really. Uh, I'm just going to cover some very base details because a lot of it is the same. and. Uh, we don't want to have this last five hours. Uh, released September 2nd, 2022 on PlayStation 5 and will release at a later date on Windows. So I did not realize it was getting a PC port. It that's, is. Uh, it was announced. Cool. I don't know when, but it will. That's uh, cool. I would love to see what sort of like weird mods people add to it. The to Last of Us Part 1, the remake, features revised gameplay, including enhanced combat and exploration, expanded accessibility options. As, which is good, because uh, gameplay from Last of Us 2, it's really fun, and it's the best way to play the game. And it was like, rebuilt to take advantage of updated hardware, requiring new animations, art direction, and character models to align with the vision of the original game's development team. Yeah, so this is what I wanted to touch on. Like, so one thing I noticed watching that comparison video and just seeing them side by side, there's so much shit different about the PS5 version versus the PS3 version. I mean, obviously, looks way better. The lighting's way better. Duh, the technology is just better now. But even shit like the angles in the game, the camera angles, shit looks more true to size. It doesn't look so compressed together video gamey it truly feels like you're exploring it i mean it's honestly like you're playing a movie it's kind of surreal yeah um, like that the facial animations again night and day a difference i mean it it, it is truly deserve you know whether or not did it need to be made you know we can have that argument later yeah. but as far as actual quality of life improvements with the accessibility options with just it feeling larger in scale of already a classic uh is really impressive like i said earlier it's truly like i mean watching a 240p bootleg of the godfather and then turn i'm just saying the godfather because like classic status not because i think it's a great movie um but then turning around and watching a 4k version of it on a 65 inch 4k television Sorry, I was just seeing how long that silence would go. 
Oh, uh, I was like, I had to pull up Discord again. I'm like, oh my god, they dropped. No, <laughs> I was like, no, I, was, I, I was just uh, taking in what you said. Like, yeah, um, um, uh, gosh, I let, let's just get through this because I, I, my, what I have to say too. Well, well, I was coming to that later because it's very, you know, relevant. The existence of the remake of Last was first reported April 2021 by Bloomberg's Bloomberg News. J- Jason Schreier? Is it Schreier? It's Schreier. Schreier. The report claimed the game, codenamed T1X, had started at Sony's Visual Arts Support Group Studio, but was later moved under Naughty Dog's budget after some staff joined the project in 2020. Uh, so the game- it, it kind of just seemed like it was a passion project sort of for a group they're like i eh, do this if you want and then they're like actually we need to do a lot we need to give you naughty dog money <laughs> yeah i'm kind of glad they did because if this game was half-assed by not even the good stuff yeah it would have not been great uh yeah game- if this was just a port of the remake with yeah. ma- with maybe a little bit yeah it would have been a whole it would have been weird yeah uh, the game originally leaked on Twitter via an accidental PlayStation Store listing because someone saw it and posted it to Twitter immediately, and it was mm-hmm. all over. I, the I place. remember when that happened. And it was announced June twenty second at Summer Game Fest. Not you mean June twenty twenty two? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Good job, Jeff. Yeah, he bagged I, another one. I remember when uh, Druckmann came on stage. He was like, vis- like visually, like, yeah, uh, you guys probably already know about this. Uh, so uh, here it is. Here's the official uh, announcement. Here you go. And I thought that was funny. Listen, it's yeah. not a summer games event unless shit leaks. Yeah, Jeff Keighley I, loves to leak shit. I or it's not him. When, uh, Colt listed it or not listed it, but he it was on the dock. Uh, actually, we did the episode. I forgot about that. Um, where Colt w- talked about Druckmann looking so visibly upset. It was so it was so funny because Colt also like exaggerated quite a bit by saying like Druckmann uh, <laughs> pulled out a gun and was holding people hostage on stage. <laughs> Good God. So that's no, the that's... difference between AYCH and this. We're a little bit more serious here. <laughs> Even uh... though we're the same people. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's uh, some the base info I want to give you about Last of Us Part 1. So don't ask any more questions about it. I did not realize just touching on something for a second that it leaked that that information leaked all the way in April of last year. I just do not remember hearing about it at all. I remember hearing about it and thinking they better not fucking do this. There's no point. Yeah. I remember Colt being mad and telling me because I wanted them to wanting me to do something about it. Yeah. Just do fucking anything else. Do the next uncharted, do the next last of us part three. Just Colt kept saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I, I don't know. It, it also feeds into that um, conversation of like, because right now the big rumor is that Horizon Zero Dawn's getting a full remake, which is even dumber than which Last is even dumber than this because there's you can already play that 60 FPS 4K and it looks gorgeous on PlayStation 5. So it, it's kind of interesting that this game <laughs> also on the forefront of the trend of does the game need a remake? No. <laughs> <laughs> but then but you see gonna, it side by side by the original and you're like oh maybe it did <laughs> I just I don't get it man but uh, you want to hear how The Last of Us Part 1 got uh, received how this reception was 
Yeah, well, how its reception is. I mean, we're only oh, we're about six it. weeks from it being released, so we're, we're still actively getting people's thoughts on it. It's still hot, yeah. especially with really nothing besides, I guess, Splatoon coming out in that time period. Yeah, The Last of Us Part 1 received generally favorable reviews, according to review aggregator Metacritic, based on 112 reviews for the PlayStation 5 version. Uh, the Last of Us Part 1 currently sits at 88 out of 100 on Metacritic, so it went down a few. Like a good bit, actually. Yeah, so you're talking about seven whole points. Also, a um, six out of ten user score. If we if we want to go into that, but also you can't really even read into fucking user scores anymore. User scores get, are dumb. Like you they get don't weird nerds anymore. really fucking mad about these game features on woman. And like, I know that's a big stereotype, but also it's a hundred percent fucking factual. Yeah, like just a, if you want like reliable user stuff or. Not necessarily these huge uh, reviewers sites. Open credits way better. Also, listen to us and us. We are uh, better, indeed. And yeah, I will say that. I, I was trying to pull up how Last Last of Us is performing against games this year, and <laughs> it's so funny. Pretty much everything ahead of it are remakes. Or like new new versions of games that already existed. Like what? Um so like Persona Five oh, is yeah. the big one. Yep. The the PC release of Persona Five was actually just happened at the time of recording two days ago. Elden Ring's a big one up there. Uh the Portal Companion collection. Yeah, is, it's just uh, Portal. It's just Portal again. Um the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Again, it's just Stanley Parable. Yeah, uh, the PC version of God of War is up there. Yeah, uh, fuck. I, I, I was trying to read like actual games that legit came out this year. Norco is up there, which um, I don't even like know what that is. Gothic point and click narrative game. It's on PC uh, only right now. Uh, Neon White is up there, which I've heard nothing but good things about. The yeah. Legend of Heroes: Trails from Zero uh, is up there. That's up there. Mm-hmm. It is oh. sitting at a ninety on Metacritic. Fuck, I need to get on that because I'm playing the Trails from uh, Trails of Cold Steel games. So that's cool. I didn't know that. Yep. And then just really the last big, truly uh, Cuphead Delicious Last Course. Did that truly come out this year? Yes. Okay. And that's up there. And Xenobra- uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 yes. are really the only true 2022 titles uh, currently sitting above Last of Us. That's weird. Yeah, depending on how you want to look at remakes and stuff like that. But also, we're also in this time of like the second COVID hangover where like development got stalled on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those COVID side effects. Yeah. Uh, Last of Us Part One was praised for its graphical enhancements, updated facial animations, improved enemy and character AI, and its added accessibility audio and controller options though the response to its gameplay and level design was mixed uh, Th- that seems fucking stupid because it wasn't mixed for the original two <laughs> or for like for like the ps3 version yeah i i understand why it was mixed because i feel like it feels like a playstation 3 it feels playstation 3 game uh generation game it feels old See, and maybe it's because it was my first full-on playthrough of it. I did not feel that at all. 
Um, I also have no frame of reference to compare it to for like a PlayStation 3 experience, but I I felt in no way it was clunky. Um, again, with the improvement of the AI, uh, but we should also mention that maybe we played on light mode. I, I don't know if it matters, but that, it was easy. We were going for the story beats. We wasn't looking to have a difficult time. Yeah, um, I can't even imagine watching you play on anything harder. <laughs> uh listen if you use a gun in last of us you're just not playing right um but it's definitely interesting that people are like oh it's clunky i I just don't understand how the especially the level design like i mean again i feel like it the level design of the last of us part one stands toe-to-toe with the level design of anything that has come out in the 2020s so far like and the fact that it's a almost 10 year old game kind of speaks volumes but yeah what do i know yeah many question the necessity of the game especially considering the price point of 70 dollars and the existence of the last of us remastered i agree uh, i don't uh, know why it was 70 dollars yeah would not have paid thank you by the way for for buying it i did Um, pay 70 dollars would have never have paid 70 dollars for for this they should have offered maybe the if you own the last of us remastered upgrade for 20 bucks uh or some something like that it was not a 70 dollar upgrade 70 70 dollars is already a lot uh per game like asking just your general audience of people being like oh you have to pay 70 dollars and then there's this and there's this and by the time you're done buying all the shit for the game you're you know a hundred dollars in yeah uh but 70 dollars was a lot but i will say if like if you've played last of us before this may be and and if you loved it like if you were like a really big last of us fan i think you owe it to yourself maybe on discount maybe it will go on a black friday sale yeah i would almost guarantee it probably goes down to 50 bucks on black friday um now whether that's worth it or not it's kind of up to you um I, i think you owe it to yourself to play it just because the graphical improvements are so stark and like it i mean joel looks like a, in my opinion looks like a completely different person he actually looks his age everybody looks age appropriate versus way younger versions of himself because yeah. playstation 3 and even the playstation 4 to an extent just could not handle the the facial technology <laughs> that went into that game i i'll say this it is not worth the 70 dollars. absolutely it's not worth that but like Tanner said, if you are a hardcore fan, maybe you should get it because it is so different. Really, with that facial animation, there are so many details I did not notice from the first game that I noticed in this game mm-hmm. that completely elevated everything about about it. it. It's so it's so it's a weird. It's really weird because I, while I get the whole thing about like level designs they were just you know it's just the same game but with some very like graphical quality and facial animations and certain things have been upped to like their highest levels for playstation 5 technology and it's like okay if they would have completely not only redone the designs and everything it would be even more of a different game and they would have taken even more time that's where I'm kind of like, then, you know, you could justify the $70 price point because then it becomes a new game. Um, 
but also they didn't. also from the perspective of somebody that has never played this if for some reason you just didn't own a ps3 didn't own a ps4 but you own a ps5 now i, I think you get 70 dollars of quality there just from the expectation of like colt and wenzel's position they've played and beat the ps3 and the ps4 version I, is it worth it to them not not necessarily like it doesn't add anything besides again you get you get some little details that you just can't fucking notice in the ps3 and ps4 versions because just the technology wasn't there the lighting's not there the shadow effects aren't there ray tracing whatever you want to call it um but if you have never played the last of us and again you are in the position to be like you know what i want to try it. it seems interesting from that perspective i do think it is fully warranted triple a title price like i think if you were to have never played it uh but you have an interest in it you pay that money you play it you beat it i think you get your 70 dollars worth of it then but as far as existing last of us players i don't know if if that's there's a big market for that that's a yeah it's a tough sell for sure yeah. and i yeah I definitely, definitely see a tough what sell. You're, I, I definitely see what you're saying and i i do uh I do agree. Like, yeah. Also it, don't know how big the circle of people that own PS fives, but didn't own a PS three or a PS four exactly is. Yeah. I'm sure that is not a, a huge sample size by any means. Um, but even if you owned a PS three or PS four and just for some reason, complete, like completely missed the last of us. Like if I, even if I wouldn't have played with them, but I found the time on my own to buy the last of us part one and play it on my own. I'd have been like, okay, I got my, money's worth out of that like that i'm okay with spending that amount of money but again 70 dollars is a tough sell for a remake or a remaster of any game in my opinion so it's yeah. really a slippery slope and i really think developers need to look into that more and be more for price real. conscious of that where yes. there's just you, you can't like it doesn't make sense to me that you can take the framework from a game you've already made. And even if you do this, and I understand there's a lot of work that goes into a remake like this. Cause again, there's just so much shit that looks so much better, but you're not building it from the ground up. And it's not like they necessarily, because I mean, the story's already there. The controls are already there. Everything's already there. I, I feel like, like just say if uncharted five comes out in two years, why is that game $70? And The Last of Us Part 1 was also $70. When Uncharted 5 had to be built from the ground up, and Last of Us, you already had all that fucking framework there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I definitely... We're definitely the industry and developers need to just think about this more. I don't know. It, you know? Yeah, it like, just, I mean... In general, I would prefer them to just stop remaking games and make more original content. Sure. But, and, and also, I mean, you're looking at this, you also have to look at this at like, it, it, it is harder to build stuff from the ground up right now. Cause you are coming off that COVID hangover year or a bunch of shit in 2020 got delayed to 2021. Well, 2021 stuff got delayed, you know, a year or two. So now you're like, okay, there's nothing coming out in the summer or fall time. Like looking from Sony's perspective, Sony's like, all we have this year is fucking God of war. And that's not, that's going to be ready in November. You're like, we have to release something. I understand it from that perspective. Cause obviously this game only was worked on for about a, a year and it didn't even start with naughty dog. It was uh, from some other outsource team, the visual arts team or whatever they called it. So it's, 
I I I understand it from the the perspective of we have to release something. Our shareholders won't, and this is going into really businessy, but it, it really is how you have to look at it. Our shareholders aren't going to be happy if the only thing we have to show this year, even though it's going to be probably the best selling game of the year. We can't just have one. People want to see shit on shelves. You already can't find a PlayStation 5 on a shelf. People at least need to see something on a shelf that's new. Because I'm t- I don't know about y'all, but every time I go into a store, I look at the PlayStation 5 games. The same PlayStation 5 games, I feel like, have been there for two fucking years at this yeah, point. Yeah, I, I see that. So, it, like, you really, ha- at some point, you have to be like, okay, when does this become, an like a supply chain issue, whatever the fuck excuse people want to use. And when does it just become of like, we don't have anything issue. I also but think I- that like, they just don't print physical versions of games as much anymore. Like, uh, uh, what is it called? Stray and, mm-hmm. uh, fuck. What is it? Mm, Sifu. They have physical editions now, but when they mm-hmm. first launched, they did not have physicals. Yeah, it, and it makes weird. you wonder if those games didn't perform as well as they did, would they have even gotten physical editions? That's true. That's true. Like uh, both. I mean, Stray was probably correct me if I'm wrong. Probably the most talked about PlayStation Five game of the summer because it was a part of that new PlayStation Plus tier, so a lot of people got it just included in. Yeah, and Sifu was a one of the more popular indie S titles of the year. So uh, like, of course um, it gets, a. but if those games don't sell as well or perform as well, I mean, who, who cares, you know? So it, it is an interesting conversation, especially with the rumor that uh, Microsoft and Sony are working on disc drives for the digital version, only versions of their consoles. Yeah. Which, it's fucking weird. <laughs> Just we're living in some strange video game times. I feel like we're in a transitional period for gaming. We we definitely are, and I feel like COVID really expedited it in a way. Um, where maybe we were five or six years off, but now people are like, okay, we we kind of have to do this now. Like, I mean, you're talking next year's year three of the PS5 and Xbox. And I will say, I went to the store the other day for the first time ever. I saw an Xbox Series X on a shelf. I've seen more Series X in the wild than I have PlayStation 5. I've never seen a PlayStation 5 in the wild. Yeah, I was about to say, I've never, besides a demo unit at a Walmart, I want to say in, no, it wasn't even a Walmart. It was somewhere in Nashville. There was a demo unit PlayStation 5. That is the only PlayStation 5 I've ever seen in the wild. Have you seen any, Winslow? Hmm. Not that I can think of. I've only seen Series S's. Yeah. yeah. So Series S is pretty common to find in the wild at the, at this stage. Like, if you wanted a next-gen Xbox, you can you can definitely get that. I don't mm. know, you know, just for whatever reason. Um, yeah. But yeah. But I mean, even for a while, I mean, you couldn't even find the Switch OLEDs on shelves till regularly till about a month or two ago. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just a, a fucking switch. It's not even new. I mean, it is new, but it's not even <laughs> that different. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely just strange stuff all around uh, with the development of that stuff and how that feeds into The Last of Us Part 1 being made. Like, you have to argue with 
like if COVID doesn't happen and people can just work on projects normally, does this game even get made? Who knows? Uh, before we switch into the next huge chunk, I want to throw like one small miscellaneous thing is that The Last of Us is t- being turned into a TV show on HBO. I know we talked about that earlier, but it's starring uh, Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey as Ellie. You might remember Bella Ramsey from uh, Game of Thrones, uh, where she was like a little girl leader knight. I can't really remember her character, but she was really good in there. And Pedro is that Pascal, like her biggest role? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And yeah, and Pedro Pascal at this point, I feel like it's... Pretty close to a household name. Yeah, he he is. He was in yeah, fucking something. Was he in Star Wars? He's in Mandalorian. Fuck yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> He's the Mandalorian. Also, you rarely enough, see his face. Also, weirdly enough, in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. Also yep. in Narcos. So yeah, he's a. I, I I love Pedro Pascal. I think that's a very. It, a good choice for Joel, I, I would say. A yeah, bit, I don't know who else you get to play Joel. I'm talking about a uh, athletically esque enough guy in their in late forties to early fifties. Yeah. Um, but he he is a solid solid choice. And I don't I don't know about enough about the girl playing Ellie, but um, from everything I've read about the series so far, it also seems like a, a pretty solid choice. I would be. It would be weird if that was the one mess misstep that this series took and just completely miscasted Ellie. But I, I don't think they will because Neil Druckmann's also involved with the show, is he not? Yes. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, I'd be shocked if they fucked that up somehow. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and save this part? Um. Yeah, I will. Give me just a second. Yeah, we've been going for uh, a long time. Okay, and we'll be uh, right back. Welcome back. Here we're going to talk about the story. We talked about all the facts during development, releasing, all that. But now, the real meat, the gameplay. Mm, Yummy. We just gave you the little appetizer. You just ate some Brussels sprouts, some crab cakes, some calamari. I had a really good dinner last night. But now, you're getting to the full... You're getting into the cod imperial. You're getting into the ribeye steak. You're getting into... The KFC family bucket. I, the know, entree? I kind of preferred the appetizer stuff that you were listing. I'm not really yeah, it really depends. Can I just get some sushi? Yeah, it really depends on how you feel about fish. I mean, you said a KFC bucket, too. That, that just throws me off. Do you not like KFC? I prefer other places. KFC's like bottom tier for... Fried chicken. You go ahead and say the hot take. You prefer Bojangles over KFC? Oh, yeah, I do. I, I do, too. Actually, uh, yeah, yeah, arguably, I do, too. Popeyes is better than both. We can all agree on that, right? No, I love Popeyes, but I don't think it's better. But this is, not the, this is not the point. This is not the point. depends on what I'm getting. We're not a food podcast. That's all you can hear, okay? It's video I like Slim games. Chickens. Chickens is really good. <laughs> Some chickens is good, but that's a whole different category of chicken place. It falls into like the Fusakli's category. You know, I'd be I'd be so <laughs> sad if there was no fried chicken in this in the Last of Us universe. Yeah, Colt, take us away. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a total of twelve chapters in the main game, and then Left Behind its own little bucket of worms. 
but uh, the first chapter we had to deal with was in the hometown, the very beginning of the game. Uh, this is going to have the most details that I have written down here, and the rest are going to be kind of different, you know. But since this is an intro, this intro is Okay, iconic. no, I asked everybody beforehand, did this look good? And everybody said it looked good. So I don't want to hear any sort of like disappointment. I think it looks like ass now, because Wenzel's getting <laughs> sassy. This is the cult's first time opening the dock. Also, too, there are actually uh, five chapters, and everything else is a, a level, quote-unquote. Why does the chapter select have 12 different options? I don't know. I don't know. This is how they have it listed. It's weird. All right. Anyways, for chapter one, hometown, life for the outbreak. Introduced to Joel, Sarah, which is Joel's daughter, and Tommy, Joel's younger brother, which uh, probably by like five years, he's not that much younger. I'm sure we can look it up. <laughs> How much no. younger? Tommy? Yeah, because Tommy definitely looks still old. Yeah, but definitely not as old as our main guy, Joel, which would only make sense. Yeah, uh, it, like early, I mean, late 40s at most. Uh, it seems like the general consensus is Joel is Tommy was born in either 1987 or 1988. Okay. So, which would make him four or five years younger yeah. than right. uh, Joel. So, you're probably looking at he was around 45 uh, at, after the time skips. So you're probably looking at mid 20s during this part. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, we experienced the outbreak just starting as people are going crazy and attacking people in their homes and on the streets. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty example. fucking crazy. Yeah, a good example of this is literally um, as you start off playing Sarah for a little bit and um, you get to bed, you wake up, Joel's not there, but uh, you find Joel because he comes back in the house and one of the neighbors breaks in, infected, and Joel has to kill him. It's It's pretty haunting. It pretty... really just throws you to the wolves. Yeah. There's some there's a part in it that I really love. Like it was even in the PlayStation 3 version is that uh, there's a TV playing and on the TV a news reporter is like out in front of a gas station and the fire guys like fireman is like you guys got to back up we're about to do something and it explodes and while it explodes on the TV the connection cuts but if you look out the window there's a mushroom cloud where the explosion happened. I, I just really love that, and it really immersed me when I first played this game. Yeah. Almost immediately. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, I, I, I think, too, uh, this really goes with our experience. I don't I don't even know if we've said this, but we sat down together and played this. Like, we yes. were all in the same room and sat down together and played it. Um, So it really added to the immersion, because... You know, we, we get together, we like to goof around and stuff, obviously, but, like, we were pretty immersed in this from the get-go, and what, it took us three sessions yeah. to beat this and Left Behind? Yep. Yeah, a total of, like, 16, no, uh, 14-ish hours. Probably about 14 hours for both. So, it, but it was, like, pretty immediately, we are like, okay, th this, th <laughs> especially for me, because the farthest I ever got in Last of Us is about Pittsburgh. Um, before I gave up on it, and I was like, okay, I, I want to give this a fair shot. You know, Colton Winslow are taking all this time. I want to give it a fair shake. So, like, but like pretty immediately, and, and maybe it was part of like the graphical upgrades because it just looked 
gorgeous immediately. Like the dust and particle effects in the house were insane. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it, like like Colt said, as soon as Joel comes in and he's bloodied from killing the neighbor, you're just like, shit. Okay, we're in it. Yeah, and there's a tense driving sequence with Joel and Tommy trying to get out of the city. Oh, with Sarah, really nerve wracking, by the way. Yeah, especially uh, when you can just whenever you turn her head to like look out the window, she actually moves in the car mm-hmm. and just positions to where she's looking. And uh, there's this part, uh where the you can see a zombie tackling someone in the car in front of you and they're like fuck back up back up back up back up yeah and uh, as you're doing so the zombie smashes into the side of the window yes i want to say do you remember the uh oh my god why can't i remember the name of the fucking john krasinski quiet place the quiet place part two trailer with uh emily blunt driving and the monster like lands on the car or they're like back up back up back up these two scenes seem synonymous. Like I, I, there's no way that, uh, a quiet place part two did not pull from this scene specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. I can see that. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, eventually Joel is carrying Sarah and they're at the city outskirts about to be chased down and eaten when a soldier saves, saves them from the, uh, the clickers. They're not clickers. uh, The zombies. Yeah, they're just really zombies. Of his uh, duty, he has to kill the little girl, Sarah, and Joel. And he shoots Mrs. Joel, but uh, and Tommy kills the soldier, but Sarah, she is uh, shot. And uh, she dies there very painfully gasping for air as Joel's like, please, baby, don't do this. You can't do this to me. Don't do this to me. And then after that, Fades to Darkness and the title sequence plays. The yep. classic music starts playing. You see the uh, newscast. Not see. You hear the newscaster talking about how martial law is going into play and just shit's hitting the fan. Yeah, yeah. And th- that whole prologue is probably about twenty minutes long. Like it's yeah. just gut punch, gut punch, gut punch. There was. You I, watched, I watched a comparison between Sarah dying in the original game and then Sarah dying in here and. While it was effective, even at the time when it first came out of how brutal it is, it's even more just traumatic. She dies so much better in this version. It's it's really it's really fucked up. Like her her facial expressions of like, yeah. of being in pain and like not understanding that the finality of what's happening. It's like, fuck, it's so it's so terrible. Oh, my God. And it's definitely like you because you can hear that grief in in like Joel's vo- or I guess, not the grief, but I guess just the 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 tragic nature of the situation in Joel and Tommy's voice um, during that. But with with playing part one, you can see it. You cannot see it in the PS3 or PS4 versions, I feel like, but you can see it in this version like it is visceral. You feel it like I, I think immediately as soon as it fades to black, I just look at you two. I'm like fuck <laughs> yeah and no, obviously it, we all knew what was happening we all but, knew what was going to happen but like yeah. this technology and their facial animations mm-hmm. made it like a hundred times better it was like watching a, it was like watching a movie yeah yeah 
basically like you could even see like the tiny tears falling down you mm-hmm. couldn't see that in the original yeah you see the tears falling you can see the beads of sweat because he has to carry sarah for the last little bit of it i mean he's actually holding sarah when she gets shot um so it's like uh, i mean it 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 is gritty it is raw i mean you can feel it i mean yeah I, if there's something i like it's uh, <laughs> it's emotion and I like feeling emotion because I'm human, but like this part was like, damn that like, like it was pretty much this moment where I'm like, damn, how did I not give this game? I guess a more fair shake. Like it, like it was pretty immediate. That was like, damn, that was fucking tough. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I first played this game, it was after it came out, I bought the slim PS3 and it came with it as part of a bundle deal. I remember playing that first part and then just being hooked completely. Like, I was like, this is going to be sad, and I'm ready for it. Yeah, it totally sets you up for, like, this is what kind of experience you're about to endure for the next seven, not seven. uh, Ten hours. Uh, Twelve hours. hours. Yeah. Because as soon as I got this game, I put it in my PlayStation 3. It was probably around, like, 7 p.m. And then uh, it was during the summer, so I didn't have to go to school. And then I stayed up till like 7 a.m. until I beat it. I completely played it in one sitting when I first played it. Good Lord. (laughs) I mean, it's that good. I understand. It it didn't take me long to beat it either. Um, I think I was uh, in school at this time, so I had to like play it in sessions, but there were long, long sessions. And that's uh, the beginning of the game because... Now we're jumping 20 years later following Joel as he's his own little stubborn, grouchy old man. Yeah. As a smuggling little man boy with his friend Tess. Yeah. So this chapter is chapter summer. We're going in by seasons now. Chapter or summer is the longest out of all of them. It contains like the most like uh, ch- chapters is in, in and of itself. Uh, it's a grueling, v- hot summer. Oh, yeah, I can feel the humidity just, like, looking at it. It looks so fucking icky. Yeah. I, I, again, I know we keep going on about the graphical upgrades of Part 1, like, the PS5 version, but, like, y- you feel it in this. Like, you can see the sweat on Joel and Tess here. You can see, like, the beams of light shining down. Yeah. And just hitting them in certain ways and them shading their faces. I mean, it's, I mean, it really is crazy. I mean, it's, it's nuts. And I do like how this game is not divided into four equal parts because I would say what you spend about six hours in the summer chapter and then the remaining six, but it it doesn't feel rushed. Those other parts, it's just that summer is like you said, uh, Wenzel hot grueling, tough summer i mean you know where where the bulk of our story really forms and then the later parts is you know just that you know it's it just kind of climax and that yeah build it anticipation falls, it falls into like kind of plays because in the summer it's like we're we've already set up with the prologue but right here is where we're really setting up really having to like all right this is the plan we're gonna have to do it we're gonna get through it and we're gonna keep you know 
it's forming. Everything is forming right now. We're yep. forming relationships, forming our um, our concepts of the world. And yeah, yeah, you're having to world build. You're having to introduce your characters because at this point in the story, you still don't know who the fuck Joel is. I mean, yeah. really, like you've met him for twenty minutes twenty years ago. Yeah, that, that that's your that's you seeing Joel. You're just like, well, this is a whole different person now. And, and also, you- just a fun sad fact is that the the day the outbreak happened was joel's birthday yeah oh yeah i forgot yep. yeah and that sarah gave him that watch that he wears for the rest of the for the entirety of the game that's broken and he wears it all the time he, yep. he never stopped wearing it no nope, never it's never removed from his wrist in the whole game and you could again another cool thing even before like it the game draws attention to it you see it yeah on his arm which i always think is kind of cool yeah, like I, I remember when I originally played, I forgot that he even got the fucking watch. But then when this time we played, I'm like, oh, shit, he has that watch the entire time. Like, even though he tries so hard to kind of um, distance himself from like from clo- being close to people and also from his past, mm-hmm. he still holds it on his, you know, literally on his sleeve. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like a literal and figurative way yeah that's a really good way of explaining it it's just like and that watch really kind of and show like encompasses him as a person because it's a broken watch it doesn't it it doesn't work so you can kind of argue that joel is like this this broken man but not a man that has given up but like broken in the sense of this is the world and this is how everything has to be now and just again we're 20 years later so we're 20 years post-apocalypse essentially and just like all the grief and tragedy and everything is immediately like conveyed on his face yeah Yeah. like i mean we're we're talking about really detailed animation i mean like like we said before you 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 don't really see that in the um you you do get a sense that he's older but you don't really see that in this it's like Every single scar, wrinkle, everything. There's freckles. It's just so much detail. And like you can just feel his age. It's just like he's gone through so much. It's it's crazy. And then um uh yeah, I oh man. Uh something else I should say about the prologue too was uh there's um Whenever Sarah is sleeping on the on the couch or the bed, you can feel it in the controller just a little bit to kind of give you like that sense of comfort before mm-hmm. everything goes to shit. I thought that was cool. And yeah. I don't know if you feel that in the DualShock Three or DualShock Four, or if that's just a DualSense thing. No, nah, DualSense. It's DualSense. Okay, completely DualSense. That yeah, that's. I mean, just a neat little touch. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, that that's cool. There was obviously a lot of care put into this version of the game, and you know, even though we've we've said our piece on it, we're not going to say any more on it. But I mean, yeah, there are like a lot of little things like that that just adds a little bit more to your experience. Yeah, and this uh, first little prologue area in the quarantine zone, uh, you see Joel and Tess. You find out how brutal they can be in the way that they pursue this guy named Robert. That took the guns that they had and sold it to uh, Nadine, which is the leader of Marlene. the Fireflies. Wait, what's her name? Marlene. Marlene. Who's Nadine? Uncharted? <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, that's Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Marlene with the Fireflies. Yeah. 
yeah, you you really get the sense of like these. Um, I mean, you know, we're in their shoes, and they might seem some fairly um <laughs> hospitable, friendly people, but not really. They're they're smugglers, and they're tough, and um, they'll do yeah. what they have to. Especially if you cross them, I mean, they they literally they break uh, Robert's arm and then just shoot him. And uh, but um, yeah, they meet Marlene, and um, she's she's leader of the Fireflies, and uh, there's a you see again this facial animations being put to good use because Tess, whenever they're talking, um, Tess makes a look to Joel. I I can't. It's a visual thing, so I can't really perceive it to you guys or to the audience. But like that that wasn't in the original either. Like just these little bits and pieces here, like these nuances in expression. It's crazy. <laughs> From yeah, here on and- out. Yeah, it's definitely something y'all have to just because I never played the PS3 or 4 version all the way through. But even watching the comparisons that I did, I watched a couple like it. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. But also at this part, you're talking about um, Joel and Tess like it, it's made pretty apparent right at the beginning. They are not good people. These people are not heroes by any means. They're just survivors. Um, they're the, yeah, they're survivors. And it. Like you can't think of this game as there's bad guys and there's good guys. No, there's like just people there, trying to survive. Peop- it, well, yes. there are bad guys. There are. There are. Yeah. Okay. Yes, there are people that are that are inherently, I guess, bad in this game. But like there, there's no really true morally good in this game. I guess. Yeah, I'd um, say. I, I I would argue there's maybe a character later on that we'll talk about that I, I think maybe the closest thing to morally good, at least in this game. Again, I, I don't know anything about part two. Could change in part two. I don't fucking know. Um, that is morally good. But as far as all the characters we'll be touching on and talking about, they are in a moral gray area. You know, I mean, you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, Joel's a fucking mass murderer. Just pl- plain and simple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least the way we played the game. Um, yeah. And uh, at the end of the uh, this little quarantine zone chapter, you get the uh, introduction of Ellie. And uh, Marlene wants us to escort Ellie to the uh, big Fireflies base. Capitol building. Yeah, the Capitol building where the Fireflies would take Ellie off of their hands. Yeah, because... Um, well, you, you know, we, we said it more in the synopsis, but, um, they don't really find out why she's so important until, um, uh, the outskirts, which is the next level. So there's yeah. quarantine zone. Then there's the outskirts where we move from, um, outside through downtown museum and then Capitol building. And, um, that's where they get the reveal that, Ellie is immune, and um, they have to escort her to get a cure made. She's the only immune person, and um, it, it's a crazy like little experience right there. It's very stressful because we're also trying to have to outrun soldiers, Fedra clickers. Soldiers. We don't mm-hmm. have to outrun them. The clickers they fuck with you. Yeah, I know, but like we're having to escape soldiers. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to run through that part, but you did run through that part because you got spotted and immediately started running. I feel like Colt was trying to um <laughs> do something there, kind of make me feel bad. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I will say there's a part in here, the museum, that was interesting because I know originally, like, yeah, it's just a museum, blah, blah, blah. But then 
in that there was a portion of the museum that wasn't in the first game and I, I it was not in there was there is a back part of the museum that is an art restoration section where they're taking old art and they're restoring it that wasn't in the um the first game ah. but it's in this one and then when you get like the details of the museum itself it's like you see like um, this world, like they do a fantastic job of making this world feel lived in. Feel like yeah, we probably is... spent forty-five minutes in the museum. Now, granted, how much of that was breaking glass? How much of this our gameplay was breaking glass? <laughs> yeah, we probably could have beat the game a whole hour quicker. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. We didn't. We broke very little glass. Okay. Um. Anyway. Um. But yeah, there's an art restoration section, and the thing is, too, is like everybody's dead, so this art's just gonna sit here and rot forever. Or until like somebody picks it back up, but that won't happen. And um, I, it's just a crazy little detail. And then too later on, I remember we were going into this place and we were looking at it and we we're like, this is like a drafting like art room for artists and stuff to work on architecture or just whatever like sketch. Like did not notice this in the first game because it wasn't there, but they added it in. It, it's crazy what they like what they have done differently. Uh, I, I want to touch on because you know we talked about this is the part where we're introduced to Ellie. The dynamic between Joel and Ellie immediately is like what it needs to be. It's not, you know, it really goes into Ashley Johnson wanting Ellie to be this more, the stronger, more independent character. Ellie does not take to Joel immediately. Ellie's like, "Fuck you, old man. Uh, yeah. I'm not doing shit." You say, and Joel's like, "Why am I having to carry this?" bratty ass child with me what is so important about her it's a really nice dynamic like again it's not like immediately ellie's like oh i'm so scared blah 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 like very you know stereotypical blah blah blah. and joel's not like well i'm this big tough guy and i'm your dad now it's yeah. not like that at the beginning no, joel, like joel very, immediately is like i don't yeah. want to do this fucking job yeah definitely uh like some animosity why can't i say that word and some anger yeah, that word. Uh, between uh, the two, <laughs> pretty immediately. Yeah, Tess. Tess is more of the agreeable person. She's more yes. like, okay, let's do this job. Let's get it done. Um, and then, like, it isn't until like whenever they um, they see that she's uh that she's immune, where like the dynamic changes even more. Joel mm -hmm. is kind of suspicious, and he's just like, I don't fucking care. This is stupid. Tess is kind of like is kind of like warming up and like okay this is an interesting job and yeah. it isn't until we get to the end of the outskirts where like the dynamic changes like completely yeah uh, and and really it joel doesn't believe it at first joel's like there's yeah. no way she was because we find out ellie was bitten three weeks prior um so it's like there's no way that joel's like there's no way she was bitten Three, three weeks ago, she would have turned already because there's, again, no recorded evidence of anybody else not turning after, I think they said, two days in the game? Yeah, two days. Um, So, like, it, again, something that we see carry throughout the game, nobody, the, the few people that do find out do not believe it. They're like, there's no fucking way that she was bitten this long ago. She would have turned already. It's fake. Blah, blah, blah. And that it's, it's pretty interesting to see are the main guy we play as I, I mean i guess for simplicity's sake i'll call him protagonist um the protagonist joel d didn't believe it at first and he kind of warms up to the idea I was like okay maybe because i mean it's pretty far in the game where i would say joel and ellie have a quote-unquote good relationship 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, especially during the summer part, their relationship is definitely Joel's like, I'm doing this for money and guns and doesn't really care about Ellie in that way. And Ellie is just kind of like this independent, strong willed teenager that's just like, okay, I'll do this because I have nobody else. And I want to save the world, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I essentially want to save the world. Like, I don't remember the superhero's name that she quotes so much. Oh, yeah. Off the, off the comic but, books, but she, she quotes her a lot. But yeah. Yeah. Endure and survive. Um, yeah. It, it, and it's where at the outskirts, the end of the level, the Capitol building, um, where we kind of uh, where, like I said, it changes. Uh, we lose Tess because Tess has been bitten. Um, mm-hmm. And also the bite marks look crazy in this game as well. Um, she's been bitten. And it's like, this is where they um, they uh, end their partnership or whatever, because the they were supposed to get the firefly meet the fireflies there but the fireflies are all dead so mm-hmm. um joel has to go out and find his brother tommy because tommy is out in wyoming and he was part of the fireflies so yep. that's the only way he can have any sort of get a lead on where to find them yeah and, deliver yeah. This girl. and, and we find uh, out that joel and tommy have not spoken in years they had a huge falling mm-hmm. out have not spoken in years so it was really kind of a long shot for joel and, Joel and, at this point's like, okay, well, if we can get a vaccine for this thing, it's it's worth it to bury this hatchet. Well, also, um, too, like, what's interesting is in this moment, too, Tess, who is also kind of, like, not really agreeable, but also willing to do his job, at this mm-hmm. moment, she's, like, like, she was, you see how, like, kind of let down she was, but also it's, like, it's, like, right here, Ellie, she is hope. Like, yeah. This this is right there is sitting the cure. This is the most important job in the world right now. Yeah, yep. you have and, to. And do Tess that. doesn't go down on her back. She doesn't just succumb to you know be, being an affected. She goes out, you know, defend, Fighting. giving them some time to get further in the Capitol building and defend against soldiers. Like she goes down in a fight to the soldiers. She never succumbs to her uh, infection. Yeah. Anything. So I I thought for for the limited time that you're with Tess, with probably probably an hour maybe. Yeah. Of gameplay, maybe an hour and a half. Uh, they really did a good job of just like establishing her morals and how they kind of rub off on Joel. And Joel's like, okay, I'll do it for Tess, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, and not and have her go says, down for nothing. She even says, sorry that um. She asked Joel to do it for her, for them. Mm-hmm. So that yep. kind of gives you a hint at like, oh yeah, they were definitely romantic. Yeah, they were. They were definitely something in the past. Or for all we know, they could have been involved here. I mean, it's post-apocalyptic time. You know, obviously not a lot of time to be lovey-dovey uh, in their situation. They could have been just agreeable partners here, and we just you know that never gets fully explained in the game. But definitely something stronger than just okay i'll help you survive you help me survive definitely a stronger partnership friendship relationship whatever you want to call it uh yeah. between tess and joel and so that's the end of the outskirts really because it's time for joel and ellie to move on and when they move on they uh gotta go to their old friend bills or joel's old friend bills because Bill allegedly owes Joel a favor. 
And, uh, and that- so this was the f- the first part we're killing the zombies here. We realized how gruesome I think the game was. Yeah, because we like uh, when they like ran over Bill's traps and just I mean just a geyser of blood mist encompassed the air. Uh, they the. I, I know for a fact the comparison video we all watched, the one in the tw- Twitter chat from earlier. Uh, I mean, it's a whole different. I mean, it is visceral. It is scary. I, it scared me when it happened. Yeah, it's like it a fun little jump scare. <laughs> I I was watching it happen, and I know it scared Colt because Colt wasn't paying attention either. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, we we had some several moments of jump scares in our playthrough, which I I find funny because I, I think. Have y'all said how many times y'all beaten this? Winslow, I think you said you've beaten it twice. Cold yeah. or this is either or my fifth or sixth time. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah. So it's, you know, you would expect to, you know, expect it at that point, but no, it's still just as bam. I mean, they they both jumped. It was, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, this anyway. part is definitely the part because you're like outside. It's daytime for the most part. Uh, Beautiful you just see, too. Yeah, the sun's gorgeous. going down. The light rays are hitting just right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just completely gorgeous. And again, you just see how brutal everything is. Like even, I mean, everything. Like again, it's really the first time you're playing in full daylight. So like you even see little details. The one I kept pointing out was Joel kept his pistol in the ass of his pants, but the, <laughs> his his shirt was crimped up, so you could see like the skin of his back. I'm just like yeah. that. I mean, just <laughs> just a wild detail. Yeah, That's I there. mean that was that wasn't in the first game. Yeah, like they changed that, which is cool. Cole, you us through take, Bill's town. You, you want to take us through Bill's okay. town? Going through some more through Bill's town. Uh, <clears throat> as they progress through the town, they actually interact with uh, Bill's traps themselves. Mm-hmm. Joel falls into uh, Bill's little ankle trap that holds him upside down by a fucking refrigerator. And uh, the only way to get him down is Ellie has to cut the rope on top of the fridge, but doing so, uh, you start to have some fun. Yeah. So this, uh, like this little set I was playing during the section, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is neat because you are upside down. As Joel shooting, you know, all you have at this point in the game is a pistol. Um, they they are nice to give you unlimited ammo. I I I assume they do that in every version, even the grounded version. Yeah, I mean, they would have to. They have to, yeah. Um, because there's no way you would have enough ammo to fight off as many zombies as they had come at you at this point in the game. Um, but it, it's just it's so tense that because not only do you have Ellie trying to cut the rope. But you're also having to defend her against the infected, and you're defending yourself against the infected. And again, all you have is this little pistol, and it's it, it's a really cool part. Like up until this point, by far my favorite part of the game, because um, it's just it's so tense. And I like I remember playing, and like my arms, I was I was fucking gripping that controller. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. I I think. There was uh, in Resistance 3, there was a moment literally like that where you're upside down and you're having to use a revolver and shoot aliens. It's it's crazy. I I love I love that level or that that part specifically because it's just it's so anxiety inducing and yeah. so fun. I also just hate being upside down in general. 
Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if any of y'all love it. I fucking hate it. So, and that game did a great effect because you're not just like stationary upside down. Like you're hanging you're from swinging. a rope. So you're swinging, <laughs> like yeah. swaying just a little bit. And then on top of your having to aim at least kind of good to hit the infected. I mean, it's, it's a lot and they're, they're coming pretty quick. They're not like slow moving zombies in this game. They're, no, they're, they're pretty fast. fucking quick. Yeah. For yeah. real. <laughs> and then finally we have our first interaction with Bill as you are escaping. And uh, you run into this old cafe, and uh, Bill immediately handcuffs Ellie to a pipe and holds you at gunpoint. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Why are you setting all my goddamn traps off? And it's actually pretty funny how Ellie is immediately like, fuck you, bitch, and starts beating him with a pipe that she yanked off the wall. It was so good. It was so... Bill's a dick. Yeah, and it's really the... The the first time we see her defending Joel, because she's like, "You owe Joel favors. You have to help us." And like, it's, <laughs> it's really the first time in the game that she, she I, I don't want to say take up for Joel, but at least shows compassion towards Joel. Well, the thing is, is that like the way she says it though is like Joel, Joel kind of told her like, "Hey, let me do the talking. I'm gonna do this." Yeah. but like a father daughter situation, but also mm-hmm. the father is like like iffy about like okay well i'm gonna say i owe some favors but uh let's just you know let me say it not you just in case um because i don't know for sure and she's like fuck you old man you old joe favors is like okay he owes her one favor yeah and also (laughs) she's hitting him with the a a steel pipe pipe, (laughs) which was hilarious and to be fair, I mean, Bill deserves it. Bill, I like, I know everybody, everybody I've seen, they're all, they all think the same thing. Bill sucks. He's a dick. Yeah. yeah Bill is a bit of a dick, but also, like, it, it's kind of the situation with most other characters in the game. The situation that everybody is in has made him into that person that we've already kind of touched on in the game. Yeah. Or in the, you know, talking about Bill earlier with um, the, the, his partner. Uh, finding him hung in his house like yeah, that, yeah. that sort of thing like is why bill bill and joel to me are kind of similar characters they just went down a different path uh at a time where like joel could have been more of a dick and he wasn't and just bill decided to go down that road of completely isolating himself from everyone where joel at least let some people in but was still pretty much an isolationist yeah. yeah, and uh, as shortly after this, uh, they get to his safe house, and as soon as they get in there, he's like, "Don't touch my shit! Don't interact with my shit! Don't touch!" Just uh, here, and uh, I really enjoy the comedy here because Ellie's like over here looking at uh his shit, and uh, he's just like, "What did I fucking tell you?" And she's just like getting smart mouth with him, and I I really enjoy that. It's just more funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, we also find out that Ellie just steals a ton of shit from him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too. Like, steals a, a fucking porno mag and some comics and all sorts of shit. It's all around very good shit. And after yeah. the safe house, they go to through a graveyard to get to the high school where they can try to find a car battery so they can get the fuck out of here. Yeah, this was definitely also tense because this is where we get introduced to a bloater which is like mm-hmm. at this point the biggest and toughest enemy in the game. Yeah. Um it's I just think it's also I was is it again not the playing during this part. What Colt? Is it not the toughest enemy in the game? I did, yeah. 
I, said I, thought, I thought you said up to this point. I didn't know if there was. I couldn't remember if there was more. No, I mean there there are situations where you're fighting multiple. So I guess it's not the hardest actual encounter because there are a few parts where you're fighting multiple bloaters. But up to this point, it is like yeah, by okay. far the, the toughest. Um, and I was playing you in this part. Uh, I didn't realize that bloaters could throw their fucking gassy shit at you. Yeah, I just thought you kind of had to avoid it. Uh, because you're you're in the gymnasium of the of the high school. And Ellie and Bill have already like climbed up the bleachers, the rafters, and like you're just kind of down there and you're just like, well, shit. So, and you have, I, I think right before this part, you learn how to make the nail bomb. I think this is the part where they're like, use the nail bomb. That yeah. will yeah. defeat them quicker. You could have three nail bombs, and three nail bombs would not kill a bloater. But so, it damages them a lot. It does damage them a lot, but it does not kill them. Also, one part I really enjoyed. Or you can, and I don't know if it's like this in the PS3 and PS4 versions. Again, probably not as visceral as it is here. You can see chunks of the bloater flying off as you're yep. shooting it with the rifle or the shotgun or the pistol, whatever you have, or the nail bomb um, or a Molotov, whatever you have. Like you can see it actively melt or just get, you know, chunked away. It's really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, really well, like, thought out. And uh, after the school little thing, they make it to a house in the neighborhood. I remember this little sequence because it was freaking me out how Tanner was getting overrun and he was he didn't shoot them. He was trying to punch them to death, even though he had ammo and he just did not want to shoot them. Well, OK, so I, I need to mention before we even started, Colt and Wenzel had sold to me that ammo is a valuable resource in this game and you should not waste it. And I thought Joel's punching animations were cool. So, of course, I, I'm going to melee. I play tank. Of course, I'm going to melee more. It's just, I, I love fucking rushing in. I don't like waiting. I'm not a patient person. I like going in, fucking punching. And Colt got <laughs> annoyed because at some point, again, we were playing on light modes. Again, I don't know if it's different in the other modes. You find plenty of fucking ammo in this game. Oh, yeah, especially on lower difficulties, you can. Like there, uh, I, like, there was never a point... I think there was maybe one sequence in the whole game where, I'm not going to say who, Wenzel got pretty low on ammo. And <laughs> I was like, oh my god, he's immediately just hey, fucked us. No. No. Also, Wenzel tried to be Hawkeye for a lot of the game. Yes, he uh, did. He did. Because I did freaking good. The bow yeah, is so it, it was really a tale of three Joels, because Joel, Colt played the game like, you know, normal with guns and shit. Wenzel used the bow and arrow the most, and I definitely meleeed the most. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's uh, how we work. It's us. And uh, also, too, I will say, Colt like played it pretty fast and loose, but I did mm -hmm. use the bow a lot, but I also, I really tried hard for trick shots and getting great, great like headshots. Yeah. Um, so. that's, how yeah I, that's how I am with my games. I'm a very fast and violent person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, I would say Colt definitely was like Russian, but also that kind of comes with just Colt has played the game more than us. <laughs> no, that's how I play every single game, essentially. Well, if I, if you guys were there, I'd be looking at all the walls and stuff. I'm a very detailed person. Like, mm -hmm. if I see words on a wall, I want to read those words. I will say, we picked up practically everything you could pick up in this game as far as, like, extra notes and like lore stuff there were some collectibles we just didn't find yeah there was a um, lot though but yeah we we got a decent chunk of stuff like without really trying 
Yeah. When uh, the after the school, like I said, they're going to this neighborhood. They finally get into a house where they find a truck uh, that has a battery in it already, and uh, they also find Bill's uh, old partner that uh, hung himself. Yep. And, and then because Bill is kind of angry because Bill realizes that he I can't remember Bill's partner's name or if we even get a name for him. We we get a name. I I, I can't remember. remember. Cannot but, remember. I want to say Ted. I know it's not fucking Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. And like that's kind of like the resent. It's not resentment, but Bill's like, oh, this fucking dickhead stole my car battery and killed himself. Like, oh my god. Like, I can't believe he done this. And you do again. I know we keep harping on like, oh, it's the facial animations, but the facial animations here, because like, even though Bill is talking like this big act, you can see him like wipe his eyes really quick and like head down shoulders kind of slouched like having this emotional response he's just like fuck this i mean this is really affecting everybody and that's really as far as we're aware in the story because obviously bill and joel have a past that doesn't really get touched on um but bill and his partner were really that that was the only person that bill really wanted to help and really cared for and you know seeing him like just hung in this house he's just like like yeah it's like it really drives home that point that ellie says so much to the game is like well you just gotta endure and survive it i guess and he just kind of turns away and then they go to the truck i thought that was a really nice detail of just like storytelling there for for a side character that we don't see anymore in the game after after this Yeah. yeah um that's just like man like every everybody in this game is a tragic character yeah almost and after the uh they get into this truck and they try to start it up uh it doesn't have uh i can't remember what it is that starts it but they had to push start it and uh while they're doing so clickers run out of these houses try to kill you it's very uh scary shit and eventually they do get it started and uh they that's it for Bill's town. Yeah, they had to pop the clutch. Yeah, Bill says, "Get the fuck out of my town." Yeah, yeah. and and then Bill's like, "We're even. I you I owe you nothing else. We are square." And I, I mean, that's that. Pretty much, just I, I again, they're surviving. You really see Ellie find like contribute something because at first, like Joel's very hesitant about letting her do anything because Joel again with him being. I guess a lone wolf, if you want to call it, uh, he likes doing things himself. So him like letting Ellie do the driving while him and Bill push the actual truck and defend against the infected is kind of cool because it's really the first time again you just see Ellie. You know, El- Ellie shows what she does because yes, she's a teenager, but she's a very capable teenager under very extreme circumstances. Of she has always been alive during post-apocalypse. Yeah. So. And uh, during the transition to the next chapter in Pittsburgh, you get a fun scene where Ellie's in the backseat reading her comics, and then she pulls out the, one of the porn mags. She's like, ooh, what's that? Between his legs, that's crazy. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, there's sticky white stuff all over the magazine. And Joel's like, what? And she's like, oh, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah. And, she's, and, yeah, she's and throws then it away. she throws it out the window. Yeah. Bye, boys. It, yeah. It's, it's just... This game, I feel like if this game was made by a different developer, they would try to shoehorn in more co- comedic relief because you you need just a little hope in this game, like yeah, like because it's all tragedy. 
like looking <laughs> at this game from a big picture. You just need a small sliver of hope. I feel like in the hands of the wrong developer, you would have got some very, for better or worse, Marvel esque humor yeah. in this. Where like after Joel and Ellie kill a bunch of zombies, like you just get Ellie that looks at the camera and goes, "Well, that just happened." Or <laughs> she just goes, "Um, there's a big horde of zombies behind me, isn't there?" Like you know, but you don't yeah. you don't get that in this game. Yeah. Uh, but the Thank the God. little humor, got the right around a right amount of humor in it. Too. Yes, yes, and yeah. it's and it's actually funny. Like it's yeah. not just mm-hmm. like shoehorned in. Like it actually makes sense. Something even under these extreme circumstances, people would realistically do and say. Uh, and yeah. it's not just very shoehorned in. Like, well, we have to get a laugh in there somehow. Like it's it, it it's good. It, it's it's good. And even with the Ellie's little joke book that she pops out every now and then throughout the story, I really that book's that. awesome. There's yeah. there's some great jokes in there. One joke in the Left Behind DLC almost made me turn off the game. It's very good because <laughs> I was even so bad at it. But yeah, Pittsburgh, uh, we ready to start Pittsburgh? Yeah, let's go into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. It starts off with uh, Joel and Ellie running in town. They see a man out in front saying, "Like, hey, stop! I need some help." But Joel's like, he does not need help. That man is... Uh, he's not even wounded. Not even wounded. And he's like, mm-hmm. buckle up. He starts revving that engine, ready to run over him or run past him. But when he gets past him, a bus nails him into uh, like a like a grocery store. Yeah. And then shit goes absolutely bonkers. And I love this scene so much because the music that's playing is just so fucking fitting. Yeah. And it's so... And it's, so it's so tense. Of what it is like, so they it's not somebody driving the bus, it's it's a trap rigged yeah. with the bus. We're like, okay, if they drive past the first subversion, we're just gonna nail them with this fucking truck or this bus and hopefully kill them. That is the goal here, I assume, because you don't just throw a yeah. bus at people that you this want. is yeah, the bandit true. chapter. These bandits yep. they loot people, they kill people mm-hmm. just to get their items. Yep. Yeah, so yep. don't these guys definitely aren't like these guys are straight up evil because they kill whoever whenever they loot and not only that they strip them of body parts and organs and sell them and stuff like sell that. them uh I, I think it's implied that they eat them no um no, as, no. it's not this part where they're cannibals no okay okay just make okay um but but again they're they're products of the circumstance like who's to say these people would be evil if not for if you know if they're chopping people up and taking their organs i mean that's right but but i mean you gotta think it's the quick i mean it's the quickest way to make bundles of cash or you gotta kill the people to get those organs well sure yeah i'm just saying like it's not like in real life they'd be like like if they were living in present day like in our time they'd be like i gotta saw a fucking testicle on the black market i understand that that happens but you know, there wouldn't be a whole society of them, I guess. I don't know. I'm just trying to say also products of their time. Not maybe not necessarily. They are, yes, more evil. They're they're definitely more towards evil than morally gray. It's just like definitely products of the situation. But yeah, also Tanner you, is trying to hide the fact that he is a organ selling side business. Yeah, everybody be careful around Tanner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love just selling people's uh uh eardrums. 
I mean, no, I see what you're saying, Tanner, because definitely, like, if the apocalypse didn't happen, I mean, more than likely, they would still be evil or dicks in present day. Sure. But it isn't until the apocalypse happens that, like, there's nobody really to say, hey, this is wrong or to stop them. So yeah, they nobody's just... getting arrested for fucking murder, you know, in, in, yeah. This, yeah. in this time. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's like a survival of the fittest or the, the damnedest, however you want to describe it in this situation. It's like you just again whole point of the game endure and survive and that really goes for every single character you see in the game they are just trying to endure and survive it goes for every character in the game why do you keep so, just emphasis on that that's I mean, uh, well, I mean, endure it's, and survive. it's an interesting i mean it's an interesting point that i mean it's even th with these evil characters and even the, i would argue maybe the more evil characters we see later in the game that that is what they are doing they are enduring and surviving they are just doing it in different ways everybody has the same goal in this game it's just where did they fall on this hypothetical morality scale i'd say i agree to a point and uh be careful around tanner yeah be careful around tanner <laughs> uh after the the shootout they make their way through the city to the hotel but they're doing so it's a bunch of combat with these bandits. It's like constantly throwing mm -hmm. these fuckers at you. And also peppered with Ellie's joke book stuff, which is very fun. And eventually they get to the hotel and the hotel has probably my least favorite part of the entire game. It, it's so brief. It's so short, but it's like shortly after you enter, you fall down a, a elevator shaft mm -hmm. and you're forced to make your way back up to Ellie. And doing during so, you find a room with a generator, and you got to turn the generator on. But there's stalkers, and eventually a uh, a bloater, a, a guy in there as well. Yeah, and it's 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 also like jump scare because the first time yeah. you crank the generator, it, it, they just pop. <laughs> it is like yeah. ah, they just grab you. And I yeah. I don't maybe y'all can speak on this a little bit more talking about maybe the audio side of it. Do the screams sound different? Because, like, is the audio in like the audio improvements that noticeable? Because there's some screams in this game that are like genuinely terrifying. I felt like I feel like, like screams and like audio in general is a lot better. The clicker sounds are yeah. fantastic. Like it was fine on PS3, PS4 version, but play with uh, Last of Us Two, they got way better clicker sounds, and they put those in the remake. Yeah. For real, they 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 changed it. Yeah, because it, it was very like, man, this is <laughs> like crazy, like detail that I like it. You know, sometimes you hear a scream in the game and you're like, uh, I mean, you like, yeah, that was in a recording booth. In this game, you're like, oh, they stabbed people to get these sounds. Yeah, there's actual monsters in the studio. Yeah, yeah burn people alive. Oh, I can't remember how do they trans uh, transition from the hotel to lobby to the financial district. I can't. So remember. what happens is in the hotel lobby, um, Joel climbs up a ladder, and as he climbs up, a guy ambushes him, throws him down, and then the guy That's attempts right. to uh, drown him. But Ellie is able to get um, the gun and uh, shoot the guy, killing him and saving Joel. And Joel's like, "You could have shot me." And Joel's mad and upset and stuff because, I mean, really, though, he was in a tough spot and he just doesn't want to admit that he needed help. And um, from a from a kid. At that. Yeah. And um, and then eventually um, 
we get to the we get to this part where like you know ellie is like no fuck that man like you need to say thank you or you know you're welcome like all that stuff because like obviously like i mean she helped him and he's being kind of ungrateful but then we get to this part where they find um a, a rifle and joel's like all right here's what we're gonna do you're gonna use this and you're gonna cover me and it's um it is basically now we see a development where not only is ellie you know participating like she did with the truck but she's even more now she's now um an asset basically yeah in the, in the gameplay where like okay she can actually cover me and help me while i'm taking out all these bandits mm -hmm. and she's a sharpshooter yeah she's a sharpshooter she she had yeah. a little practice with a bb gun so um she she definitely knows what she's doing and um that's how that's how we go through the financial district and um get through that yeah, yeah it, it's it's really the first time too we see joel actually put like responsibility on her like say what like i know i said that with the truck but at the end of the day she was just like in the truck this yeah. is her like actively participating be like okay here's a gun if you do bad or fuck up i'm going to die which is going to lead to you dying yeah. yeah so joel realized like well you've already killed one man what's a uh, 50 others uh yeah dad uh, very good uh at the end of financial district joel and ellie they break into this room and uh, when they do joel gets jumped by this man and he immediately starts punching him and trying to beat him to death uh because he's jumping him and uh ellie's like whoa whoa stop 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 because there's a little kid in the room with him and uh who has a gun has, has a, a gun. gun pointed right at them and joel's still going to town on this dude and he's like what the fuck and he's still punching and he's like <laughs> oh uh hands up he's like you're not like them because you have a kid with you because the bandits they kill all kids so they realize that they're both on the same side ish what was that about um moral uh morals uh tanner what do you, wait what part about morals the bandits kill kids oh well i mean yeah 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 i mean obviously yes but i i'm speaking solely from an in universe they kill kids because they see them as non-contributors and weights that slow them down i'm not saying it is okay to kill kids <laughs> obviously it's just yeah obviously. it's just from the perspective of this game Yes, they are. These people are evil in this section. The bandits, the gang of bandits are, are evil people. But it is very much because of a fucking apocalypse. Yeah, I, I see like what I you're mean, saying. yeah, like no, no. I, I'm not I'm not saying they're good or these are morally gray characters because very obviously here they are not because they are, they murder kids solely because kids slow them down. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm just, I'm fucking with you, dude. I know, <laughs> like, so many freak My favorite part about this little interaction between Joel and this uh, new guy, I can't remember his name, Sam and Henry. 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 Uh, he's like, dude, you were really hurting me with those punches, and Joel's like, yeah, I was trying to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, just straight up, Joel's like, I was, I was trying to murder you. Uh, yeah, it's very good. There's also like. A very good detail whenever henry jumps joel but joel is like fighting back henry sees ellie and he's like he's like what like he has a moment where it's like oh shit like never mind like we're on the same side you know technically 
And um, I mean, they do reveal that they're on the same side too because they're trying to find the uh, fireflies. So they're yeah. going literally the same way. Yeah. And Henry and Sam are brothers. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They, they, so they're, there's like blood in, in their bond. Yeah. Sam is like 13 and then Henry is much older in his brother. Yeah. Henry's 20s. definitely, yeah. I would say mid 20s at earliest. Yeah. I mean, like a pretty stark difference in age. And then uh, in the Escape the City part of the game, it follows Joel, Ellie, Henry, and Sam as they try to escape the city. They got to make it to a bridge to cross it uh, to get to safety. But during this uh, jaunt across to the bridge, they uh, interact with more bandits, specifically a heavily armored a Jeep with a mounted machine gun turret on top that shoots like 50 caliber rounds. And it's completely covered. So like the only way you can't to, snipe it, you can't snipe it. You, like the only way is if you were to shoot the very tiny slit on the front windshield. But even then that glass is bulletproof. So you can't, you can't snipe anybody. And also let's mention too, this Humvee, it has a freaking, uh, they strapped a person. I want to say on the front. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of like ward or like a warning, I guess. Yeah. So um, and it's a it, constant through this whole part of the game, too. Like it's always kind of lurking kind of close to you. Yeah. And like and you have no several interactions with it. Yeah. And um, it's fucking scary. It is. Yeah. It is fucking scary. <laughs> it is because there is nothing you can do but run. <laughs> from yeah. It. Yeah. And eventually it corners you on the bridge, but you realize the bridge is broken because it's 20 years after the apocalypse. Nobody's maintaining this shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have some bridges like that in town. Yeah. We yeah. Do. <laughs> we do. I always every time we get to the at the end of the bridge, I have to make a choice. I'm like, shit, do I do I jump it or do I fight this car that's trying to kill me? <laughs> And you jump directly in front of a car on the interstate and get ran over. Yeah. But uh, they are forced to jump off the bridge because the Humvee's trying to ram past it so they can gun them down. So they jump in the water, even Ellie, even though she can't swim. And uh, Joel, like, quickly grabs her and uh, they get bonked against a rock. And uh, Joel is unconscious for, like, a few hours, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely get back yeah. with Sam and Henry. I forgot to mention Sam and Henry also just abandoned them when the Humvee was started coming at them. Yeah. Because yeah. like the, the ladder that they were climbing on top of the truck breaks and Ellie's already up there. And again, this is really another bond building moment between Ellie and Joel. Ellie jumps down. To yeah. Be with Joel. She very easily could have went with Sam and Henry. Um, but she jumps down to, to help Joel. And so. this is a and this is a moment too where you think like oh yeah these guys you know why they do that they they suck or whatever but then it's after um the river sequence where Henry is the one that saves Joel and Ellie out of the water and yep. it's like um Joel gets pissed off and takes the gun away from Henry and and is like threatening to kill them but Henry's like what would you do in the same situation yeah like and, Joel, and Ellie's like he thing. saved us Ellie's yeah. like we would have died without without him so. It's kind of like a, but like again, because Joel realizes he's like, well, I guess I, I would have left y'all in, in that same situation. So, yeah, because I mean, it, it makes sense. Henry was like, his priority is Sam, his younger brother, a kid. So, like, if he can't, like, if he can't help you guys, like, I mean, he's gonna, you know, there's nothing much he can do. Yeah. Yep. And now we're in a new part of summer, the last part of summer, actually. 
in the suburbs and it begins with the sewers uh on this little island area or this little beach area i should say they uh find a little grate that they can enter to find this little underground sewer uh commune that they had where people were living there and uh when they get in there it's infested with clickers stalkers all the bad stuff you can get and uh eventually you'll find stuff like uh, a kindergarten uh where a teacher made kids swallow a bunch of pills to kill themselves so that the clickers don't get them it's pretty uh dark it's yeah. pretty dark because you never noticed this uh, but in this time literally if you look I mean, it doesn't even take much looking, but um, there's a blanket draped over a man and tiny little feet. Yep. Yeah, like several, several like bodies in there. Also, I thought it was a, just a kind of like a eye for detail thing. You can pick up the pills because I, I don't we haven't mentioned, but pills is how you upgrade some of Joel's attributes like real yeah. speed and, <laughs> yeah. speed and stuff. Uh, and you can pick up the pills that these kids that this teacher gave these kids. So they wouldn't have to endure being infected. And the teacher yeah. took them eventually themselves. And then Joel's picking up so he can take 50 at a time to be able to hear more. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. That is, that is true. Like, it, like, cause uh, occasionally you, you would get pop-ups like, Oh, you have 65 pills. You want to reload your gun 20% faster. And you're like, I, man, I, <laughs> when Colt said that I, I, I spit so loud. It made my mic go red. Um, the light. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's true. It's just like, Man, Joel's just taking all these child aspirin and chewable Benadryl, and who knows what the fuck. He, he probably got some legit, um, let's see, 2013. He would have got some, uh, oh shit, uh, Oxycontin, probably. Oh, what the it, fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> he hey, he wanna, went all in. No, Joel's a drug addict for sure. Law, do you want to craft quicker? Here you go. Here's some pills. Yeah, here's uh, here's, 65 aspirin. Level? The max level, oh, you need a hundred pills. You need to swallow a hundred pills right now. Do yeah. hundred hundred pills of speed. Yeah, and it's not said in the game, but Joel has an allergy to fish oil, so these aren't like your omega threes or anything. This is these know. are drugs. Yeah, these are straight up. Drugs. <laughs> they don't say it in the game, but he is allergic. It, yeah, to fish also oil. something that doesn't say in the game too is uh, Joel's an addict. Yeah, no, for hardcore. Oh, hardcore. he has to be. Yeah, so uh, but... he can reload his gun faster. In the sewers, they they make it through the sewers. It's pretty uneventful, other than the clickers that are fucking everywhere in the cool uh, environmental storytelling. Oh, th I, I will say there's a part in there where they get split up. Um, uh, other than that, like they get out of it, and there's a sign where where they went. There's an that's the entrance. Their exit was the entrance, and there's a sign that says "Don't go inside, infected," which was kind of funny. Yeah, like they're like, well, it would have been nice to have the warning, but they entered from the back door essentially. Yeah, yeah. And now we're in the suburbs where the fun is. I really like the suburbs because there's a lot of houses that you can enter and loot. And I, that's mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about the Last of Us games is actually searching the entire environment and getting all the loot that you can get. Yeah, because so pretty nice. much every building is going to sound redundant in a way, but like. They're not by any means like mandatory, but pretty much every building you can find a way into there. It's worth going into. Yes. Yeah. To like th there are some buildings that are like blocked off for whatever reason or another. 
but every building you can get into is like worth your time. You can find either a collectible, maybe find some extra screws. By the way, Joel loves collecting nuts and bolts. Oh, he loves um, fucking loves that shit. His pockets were jingling. Um, it doesn't say in the game, but Joel's also an addict for nuts and bolts. Yeah, he he, he eats metal as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Because we never see him eat actual food in the game, now that I think about it. It's just pills and screws. Yeah. The real um, son of Jacqueline Kennedy. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. um, So... (laughs) In the suburbs, uh, they make their way with uh, Sam and Henry... To eventually, they get to a large open-ish area with a bunch of obvious like places you can hide behind so you don't get shot. And immediately, sniper fire just comes at them from a single sniper in a house on the opposite end of the uh, open area. Yeah, it's like a cul-de-sac. I want to say, and uh, you got to make your way up to that area and fucking kill the sniper. And it, it, that shit's pretty scary. But I can't remember who was playing, but. They just ran straight up the middle when you could have went to the right or the left where it was easier to sneak in the houses. It was oh, like, Tanner. Yeah, Tanner just <laughs> ran straight up the middle. Yep. Because and guess I what? Remember... We beat the game. So we obviously did. it fucking worked. Yes. <laughs> because I remember Tanner like being hit a lot. There was guys who Tanner could have shot, but he fought them fist to fist. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. Even when they're unloading like six rounds into him, he's still insisting on punching. Joel can him. take a lot of bullets. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Joel Joel can take a lot of bullets. Granted, some of the guys in that game can take a lot of bullets too, because I'm telling you, if you shoot somebody square in the fucking stomach with a shotgun, they should die. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you eventually kill the sniper and you become the sniper and you start shooting at Ellie, Sam. No, you are protecting <laughs> them from some clickers. And not only that, you're protecting them. Well, first for the clickers, you, you get attacked by the bandits and an old friend pops up that you love to see that fucking Humvee from across the bridge is now on this side, gunning down your friends. Yep. Which it was pretty satisfying because um, I know because Tanner wasn't able to do this, but I remember when I originally played, if you shoot the guy as he gets out of the Humvee to throw a Molotov, if you shoot him as he's about to throw it, or it, it shows his hand. If you shoot his hand, um, it'll he'll actually um, drop the Molotov in the Humvee, and it'll catch on fire, but it doesn't matter, because if you, you have to wait for him to come out to really get a good shot of him, and when you do that, um, the Humvee catches on fire, and it's uh, it's pretty satisfying. Yeah, it's um definitely and two one thing i like about the humvee i would say i don't know about y'all's experience the humvee is really the closest thing to a i guess a boss that we have in this game yeah yeah video game terms for a second and i really like how just like gloom and doom it immediately feels because i mean it's not a fast humvee by any means but like in this post-apocalyptic world it is like you're like, well, there's no fucking way I can beat this. Bulletproof gl- uh, glass, shielded on all corners. You know, I mean, it's it, military grade, um, and just like a caliber of bullet that you have nothing. I mean, you can hide behind a fucking car and it just blows the car apart or so whatever. Um, so it's really satisfying, like for it to go down in a realistic way. Like you didn't have to get some super be like. <laughs> 
actually, Joel, we found some World War II grade landmines that we're about to fucking lay out. We got super lucky. It's like, no, you killed the guy coming out of it who was who has been throwing Molotovs at you throughout the level, and you just finally get the shot. You kill him. He drops the Molotov in the in the Humvee, and it explodes. It's it's very satisfying, but it's also yeah. not corny or over the top in any way. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's all luck. After you defeat the Humvee, clickers start coming in, and they jump on Ellie and uh, Sam. So you have to shoot them off of them, and eventually you make it back to a safe place, so where you can chill for the night, have some fun. Eat some beans. Eat some beans. I forgot. I was about to say, Joel eats beans here. <laughs> they eat beans and talk about Harley Davidson motorcycles. And Ellie reveals to uh, Sam that she picked up a toy that he picked up earlier in the chapters that uh, Henry. Uh, Henry told him, said, no, the only important things in that bag. And that toy is not important. Ellie picked it up for him and gave it to him. But immediately after that, he was so ungrateful, he threw it on the ground and started sulking because he was quote-unquote infected yeah he got bit like yeah, bit. in the leg i don't know why he said quote-unquote <laughs> he was well, because he's but... a little baby i mean uh... well no give sam some credit oh no we're i'm joking. joking we're joking jesus christ a little this kid is time got... for jokes you're right. I'm so sorry. He is kind of right, though, because it's kind of sad. It, it is a really sad part of the game, especially what happens next. Yeah, like they wake up in the morning. Ellie's like, mm, what's her dinner? Beans. Uh, and she's like, go wake up uh, Sam so we can eat some beans together like a real family. And when she goes in to check on him, he's like leaning around, nodding off. And uh, he starts to attack Ellie. And uh, Joel's like, what the fuck? And she's screaming, he's, he's infected do something and uh henry's like no don't you do it that's my brother and, and he points shoots. a gun at joel yeah and he shoots again in his general direction joel's like fuck this and before joel can do anything he shoots his brother in the head killing him yep and yep. then uh joel's like all right don't do this now don't do let this. me let me i'm just gonna take the gun away from you and uh henry's like this is all your fault you're the reason why this is all happening and um, they get closer and closer, and then finally you think, oh, fuck, Henry's about to shoot Joel. Nope, he kills himself. Yep. yep. And it, Very I uh, mean, sad. It, yeah, like, definitely just, uh, damn. And that's like, how it yeah, ends. I mean, that's how the summer chapter ends. As soon as he yeah. shoots himself, it just fades to black instantly. Yep. It, yep. It, it fades, and you're, you're, like, immediately in fall. Like, yep. it, But it fades in such a way where you have, like, I, I, the low times in this version are really good so it's not a lot of time but i assume in the yeah. ps3 and ps4 versions it's a little bit longer you have time to just like sit and be like fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're just like man i can't believe that that just transpired yeah, yeah summer the... summer was a long and hard chapter and yeah it, every everything yeah. that happened in it reflects that yeah like every everything that happened it really encapsulate encapsulates what summer is like for especially for like the survival aspect it's it's hot it's sweaty it's gross that's what this level is like there's a lot of out outside stuff you're fighting against the elements you're fighting against the infected fighting against these bandits and it ends in tragedy uh, as is par for the course for the whole game but yeah it, it's brutal <laughs> I mean, like every summer, every summer ends in tragedy. Well, you know, that's true. I got in a car wreck this summer. 
I oh. this summer I had to go back to school. We go to back to school August eighth. I hate miss my new teachers. I don't want to go to school for eight periods. I get so stressed when I have to go pick up my schedule because I hope I got the classes I wanted. But sometimes they put the classes that I didn't want in there. And I, I hate seeing all the other kids and the teachers. And uh, and my nine weeks report card comes in soon. Fuck. Y'all, y'all have been graduated for five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now we're in fall. This is the fall chapter. And it starts off with uh, Joel and Ellie are now... Next to uh, Tommy's little village. Yeah, Dev, you uh, you have uh, kind of fast forward a little bit. You have went from this, yeah, Pittsburgh area ish. You are now in Wyoming, so like there, there's been a quite a bit of travel. The uh, nature's different. It's all green and wet and rainy. Well, no, not not in this part. And this part during the fall time, it's fucking brown and dead. In Wyoming. Yeah, it was raining too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was raining it was, too. It yeah. was, but it's also fall, so leaves yeah, are changing. It was, it was fucking... I mean, I'm looking at a screenshot right now, and it looks very green. Oh my gosh, Colt. Look again. Anyways, you're here now, and uh, everyone's just like, after you just watched that dude blow his brains out after killing his brother, it's like, damn, thanks for the downtime, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's interesting too, because like Joel and Ellie are... Seem past it in a way where it's at least been a couple weeks, yeah, in between. But you, as the player, <laughs> yeah, been uh, 30 seconds, and you're just like, What the hell? <laughs> why, <laughs> why, why are we doing this now? Yeah, and then you, you eventually just get to Tommy's, it's a nice little like reunion because, like, uh, they're like, Get the fuck away from this gate. And then Tommy's like, hold up, that's my brother. That's my brother. <laughs> and it was a nice little reunion that they had. Yeah, like Tommy is genuinely happy to see him. Even though they apparently left on a bad note. when they that, that, That's the one story beat I want to touch on. Don't know if it gets bought up in Last of Us 2, so I, I'm not holding up it against the game. Because, like, you know, and that, if it's been a long time, and even if you didn't end things amicably, you could see somebody after 10 years and be like, you know what? You you are my brother. This and that and the other. So whatever. I'm not holding it against the game. But it is weird how pretty immediately they're just like, we're buds again. Uh, and brothers, family, there, is bro. one, there is one part where Tommy's like, no, I'll fucking kill you. Don't get it twisted. Um, which who hasn't said that to their brother before? I amen, guess. amen. But, <laughs> but um, it's it's definitely interesting where they're just like happy to see each other. I mean, to be fair, I mean they're family, and like it's yeah, been so no, long. Ex- I mean, exactly. That that's like I I kind of wish we would find. I guess we do kind of realize why Tommy and Joel had their falling out because it's more like Tommy wanted to do shit with the fireflies. Joel really didn't want anything to do with it, and I assume the the fallout kind of came somewhere from there. Yeah. But yeah. We, we find out that Tommy is definitely more settled down in a way than yeah. Joel because well, he's Tommy got a new wife. Yeah. Forever ago, and it's revealed that yeah. Tommy has a wife. It's Maria. She's the one that leads their kind of compound. She's like the mayor. They're trying to work on this hydroelectric dam, get it running, getting power to their settlement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like a lot of development has been going on for Tommy and his life and what they're doing out there. Yeah, and I mentioned earlier I was talking about morally good characters. I think 
This is just within part one. There's no part two stuff involved in this. I think Maria may be the only morally good character in this game. Yeah, like her and Tommy are both good people. Yeah, her? yeah, t- t- Tommy in, in in a way, but like we've also, I mean, also just with Tommy being involved with the Fireflies, yeah. like we know Tommy has also done fucked up shit. With Maria, like it's just a she is a good person, like trying to do all this for the city, with, you know, getting everybody together. She is, she is a strong leader. Um, we try to we see her take to Ellie very quickly, and her and Ellie kind of develop this relationship pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and she she is like a just a there's no gray area with her. I hope I'm not eating my words next month when we're covering part two. Uh, um, I'll, I'll go I'll go and tell you now. You're okay. Now. Well, she, uh, yeah, Maria is very good. She's just trying to get civilization started back. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely like just like the she she is taking care of business in a way that's really cool. Like because it's not like again could very easily fell in, fallen into the trope of being like, oh Tommy, come save me, Tommy, please be the leader of this compound. And it's like, uh, uh-uh, Maria runs this shit straight up in this post apocalyptic society. Tommy does whatever the fuck she says. Because Maria will fuck him up if she doesn't. Or yeah, if she doesn't. Yeah, because and she she is a very powerful character in this game. I really love this part of the game in general, the the whole fall chapter. But really, at, at Tommy's you know little compound dam area, I, I thought was a really fun part of the game. I, I will I will say too, it's like where we um you know again Joel comes here to ask Tommy about where the fireflies could be, and um not only that, it's for Joel to kind of pass responsibility off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because this part of the game, he's like, Tommy, I need you to take over. You know where the Fireflies are. I want you to take this girl to the Fireflies. Help me out. I'm done. I've already came all this way because at this point, we've Joel's come from wherever the fuck they started. Boston. Boston-esque area to Wyoming almost entirely on foot. Um so Joel, and again, we learned that Joel's 52 years old, so <laughs> not, not an easy journey to make for sure. And she's just like, or he's just like, I need you to take over and do this now, since you know where they are, you can get to them very quick. Um, I guess it's a soon, well, Tommy has horses, so it, at least has a faster mode of transportation. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then Joel also reveals to Tommy that she is the cure. She, yeah. Yeah. Joel reveals that she is infected, but she has been infected at this point in the game a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well over that. So yeah. Um, yeah. And then that's when, whenever that happens, that's when Tommy's like, Oh shit. So he, he literally goes to talk to Maria. Um, and Maria doesn't like it, obviously. Um, because she's like, I don't need you out there dying. I need you here as a husband yep. with me. And uh, yeah. I think and it's, was- not, and it's not a bad like it's not like Maria's like fuck civilization. It's like she th- this is the closest thing to family she's known. Um, It's implied in the game like like her and Tommy are in love. They love each other. Like, obviously, you never want to see your husband go off on. I, I, I guess kind of compare it to like, I guess when I going off for military service, like it kind of. And it's also kind of like, um, you know. Joel's been the one that's been doing this and they just met like it's yeah. like Joel just met him after years mm-hmm. he just yeah, met this is girl. the first time Joel and Maria have met each other 
Yeah. But yeah. also Joel and Tommy, like they haven't seen each other for a long time. And it's like he basically just pops up out of the blue and it's just like, hey, can you do this dangerous thing for me? So I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. Can you go to practically the West Coast for me? I know we're in Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it like it's it's completely understandable. I, I really enjoyed that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. you have Ellie kind of pop up and they're like, what's going on over there? She, you know, she doesn't know. But um it's obvious that maybe she's kind of like picking up on what's going on. And um, that's where I guess we go into the next level, which is ranch house. Yep. Yeah. So but before they get there, it's like a raid on the uh, dam. Oh yeah. There's a raid on the dam. And uh, during dam. the raid after it's over, uh, you find out Ellie uh, found out about Joel trying to pawn uh, her off on uh, Tommy. So he doesn't have to finish the job. So she, gets angry about it and she steals a horse and uh rides away to the ranch house yep and uh now there on your way uh with tommy you're riding a horse it's really it's where we get like the horse i guess physics or the horse gameplay it's really it's really cool and uh on along the way you fight some more bandits it's uh you see mud um you see mud. horse tracks in the mud it's pretty cool Really, the pretty. horse riding here reminds me a lot of the horse riding in Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, um, like it, it felt more like that than say the horse riding in, in Witcher Three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it felt a lot more fluid. But also, and again, because I, I, I play, I was playing this part on the horse. Um, th- with the horse, it really feels like there is some. I guess some a little bit of resistance on the dual sense. Like it wasn't just like you press the trigger, you go. It was like, okay, like there's a little bit of resistance here. I'm I'm sure that's a dual sense thing, especially with the haptic triggers. I don't know if maybe I was just feeling it in my mind. Um, but it definitely felt like there was some sort of like hesitancy with riding the horse. Again, just I thought it was a kind of a cool yeah thing thrown in there. But uh, when you eventually get to the ranch house, uh, Joel goes upstairs to find Well, Ellie. first he breaks every window in the house. You broke every <laughs> window in the house for 15 minutes when that whole <laughs> section should have been over in like seven minutes. Yeah, Colt was like, this should have only taken seven minutes. And <laughs> like minute 20 fucking busted windows open. <laughs> and me and Winslow are laughing. And Colt's like, this is not good time management. Because I was worried we wouldn't finish before uh, then, but it doesn't matter anymore. Cole uh, also greatly overestimated how long it would take us to beat the game. Like I said, better to overprepare yes, than under. I, I, complete, I completely agree. But Colt would, and I had nothing to base this off of. So Colt said it took us 13 hours to beat the main game and about three hours to beat Left Behind. It took us about 10 hours to beat the main game and about an hour and a half to beat Left Behind. Now you know. But whenever uh, he gets up to talk to Ellie, Ellie's like really mad or s- and sad that uh, Joel wanted to pawn her off. And he's like, you're going to have to. And you're not my fucking daughter and I'm not your damn daddy. Yeah. It was, it <laughs> he says it just like that. Mean scene. Yeah, yeah. But it's a very powerful. Like when people talk about how well acted the game is, this this should be the scene that is used as an example. Because yes. like. Because it's, oh, Joel's not saying it in anger, but Joel's saying it in a way, so it's just a fucking cut, so he feels nothing from it. He's like, I mean, exactly what Colt said, um, you know, about Ellie not being his daughter. And, I mean, he cuts it off, 
and he he he's done. Washes his hands clean of it. Yeah, because or he, so we thought. He yeah. doesn't want to. He doesn't want to confront or feel this part of himself that he hasn't felt in twenty years, which is like having a a daughter or somebody to look after. He doesn't. He doesn't want to feel that. And uh, it's like Tanner said. It's a really good scene where um, Ellie learns about Sarah through Maria. And um, she mentions her and uh, Joel is is like, you're treading on some mighty thin ice. Mm-hmm. And you see um, you really see like the uh, the anger or I mean, in that moment, he was very angry because that was something that was personal to him that had that's kind of being like talked about behind him and then being brought up after he tried so hard to hide it away. Like, yep. it's really it's really good. Yeah, like it, it is a it is a great scene like th- this whole sequence and scene and what we're about to get into is really what turned the game from, OK, this is like pretty good to being like, oh, this is why people like revere this game. Yeah. <laughs> and after the ranch house, Ellie gets on the horse sadly and they ride back to the village when they get there, Joel's like. Ellie, get off that horse and come on, get on this one. And uh, Tommy's like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, I'll take her. He's like, no, nah, I'll go ahead and do it now. Where'd you say the fireflies were set up? And he's like, no, well, they're out there in Utah, Salt Lake City. No, and, uh, he, he doesn't. He says the last known place was University of Eastern Colorado. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's my bad. Where, I skipped. He, he says that. And Joel's like, go bighorns. And then he tells Ellie, get off that horse. Get on mine. Uh, and Tommy's like, what are you doing? And Joel's like, Maria scares me. So I yeah. just thought I yeah. might go on ahead. Yeah, like it, it, it is a really sweet moment. Like it, like it genuinely feels like, oh, okay. Joel does feel responsibility for Ellie. He has already grown this attachment, even though up until this point, it doesn't really show. But at this point, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Joel thinks of Ellie as if not his daughter, then somebody, a child that he has sole responsibility for like up from now on, anything that happens to Ellie is because of Joel. Yeah. For like, absolutely. It's where we see basically a change of heart and a, and character development where yeah some great character development in in this short little fall chapter for joel like it's really nice because because you start to think you're like you know maybe joel is a is a good guy and you know he he is i guess in a way but um yeah yeah some some bad things yeah good qualities let's call them that and now we're going to start the university part of fall, the last part of fall. And uh, they first get to the University of Colorado, and uh, it's a nice little beautiful setting. It's all mm-hmm. yellow, fall colors in full bloom here. Go Bighorns. Yeah, and, uh, I, this was the part where I said, even though you're locked into a campus, it feels so big. Yeah, like this it is felt probably like... the biggest part of the game, I think. It, yeah, it it was cool. This is also the part, just random aside, where Wenzel was talking about the little drawing sketch architecture area. It's in the university level. No, it so wasn't. nice. Yes, it, yes, it was. There was a little art studio in the university level. 
yeah, but the one I was talking about specifically was right before um, we get to the end of summer with Sam and Henry. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but on their journey through the uh, campus to get to the science building, they interact with the uh, clickers that have taken over the college dorms. I really enjoyed the college dorms part because you could see into these individual bedrooms and they're not copied and pasted. Mm-hmm. They're actually unique to whoever was there in the past. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was really cool. And you go in the quite a yeah, few. Yeah. And I'm sure there were some we didn't even go into that we could have. There was um, uh, there was one room that had a lot of arrows. It was kind of sus. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it was an archery guy. It's weird because there was no... Um, there was no um, targets anywhere in that room. I don't fucking know what to tell you, man. <laughs> but they joking. eventually get a, a in, interacting with a, another fucking bloater. And uh, it's still horrifying watching them charge at you. We didn't talk about it just yet. But when you get killed by the bloater, we got killed by the bloater actually a good bit. For, well, for the first time at this part. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the way it just rips your jaw open while crushing your head and making your eyes pop out, it's pretty brutal. It is brutal. I cannot imagine it looks like good in either of the other two versions. I know we keep drawing back to that, but it really does need to be said just how stark of a difference. Like the, this game is more violent for sure. Like just oh, yeah. because the the technology that's there. And then after you get through the college dorms and whatnot, you finally get to like the science building, the giant building that looks like a mirror. Uh, Well, actually, before you do, there's an important detail I do not want to miss. There's a horde of monkeys that run around on the campus that I absolutely love. Yeah, the monkeys are cool. We go to or every time I play this part of the game, I always look for those monkeys because I love those monkeys. And uh, that's the main thing I remember about this chapter. And I've played it multiple times is that there's monkeys in this chapter. That That is true. Like Colt, I, I could tell Colt was getting excited about something coming up. I'm like, oh, I bet it's going to be this really cool part of the game. It's just fucking monkeys. Yeah. Yep. Monkeys. But in the science building, they uh, try to look through it. But the fireflies were here, but they're no longer there. Uh, and they got to figure out how the hell. To find them now and they gotta eventually climb up to this tower where they find a recorder where a firefly uh, killed himself after he recorded this and he says they're not here anymore they're gone this is where we learned they went to salt lake city yeah know? yeah and uh yeah. right after they find this out they see flashlights roaming through the hallways in the lower levels and uh a gunshot fires directly at them because they are spotted it's fucking it's really good. And the just the whole scene of you fighting through that uh college campus trying to get out of there. Fuck. Yeah. I knew is... it was coming and I didn't know if Tanner knew it was coming. I knew Wenzel knew. And uh eventually when he fell on that spike, I was like, fuck. It's oh no, I felt that in my fucking gut when yeah. he fell on that spike. It looks even more just gruesome and Oh my god, like you really felt like the pain and his age all just mm-hmm. coming together in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like I see that part. I again, I've never played to this part and I have I, I don't know if I've said this. I went spoiler free with this game. Did not know what happened. I was like, there's no fucking way Joel's dying right here. It's so funny cuz I, I I looked at people like playthroughs and stuff and everybody thinks that oh shit. This is where Joel dies. Like it's he so was dying it's, too when I first played it. 
<laughs> like yeah. it was it was crazy and uh this is um i mean throughout this entire place when we're fighting these bandits like these these are this is a different group by the way different group of bandits um we're fighting them and um we we see where like because after Joel gets stabbed, there's a moment where Ellie's like trying to figure out what to do, how to help him, and he like he just moans or like grunts, move because there's people coming through the door, and we mm-hmm. get a cool moment where he yells that he's like move, and then he pushes her and kills these two guys in slow mo. It was so sick. Yeah, and- it, it is awesome. They're like th- then you're like, oh, Joel, Joel's a badass. Like yeah. I mean, obviously you're thinking that through the game, but you're like, man, dude, it has fallen at, at least two stories three onto stories. this sp- three stories onto this spike and he has the wherewithal to tell this person he cares about ellie to move out of the way and just fucking pops these two dudes and you're just, just like sick. hell yeah yeah it, it's yeah it's sick and through this escape out of the uh the science building we see where joel is his de- his uh like not his uh, relationship with Ellie has reached his peak, but we see at this moment that, like, with how hard he's fighting and with him and Ellie, we see where, like, Ellie is now important enough to him that he's willing to go the links and kill whoever gets yeah. in the way. Yeah. Well, and obviously, too, like, at this point, too, with him being on the spike, he he is okay with dying for Ellie. I mean, obviously he doesn't want to because then that puts Ellie in a ton of danger, but he is okay with losing his life for Ellie. Yeah. yeah. And eventually they make it out of the thing and they're just, Ellie's like struggling to get him on the horse and they finally get him on the horse and they're walking out with the horse and uh, Joel slowly slumps over until he falls off the horse and that's that's where the chapter ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it jumps to winter immediately where uh, Ellie is with Joel in a cold ass garage. See your breath uh, does not look comfortable at all. And Joel is pale and he looks like he's about to die. Well, not at first. It just it cuts you to where Ellie's hunting. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's because, right. Because I jump in and I'm playing and this is the first time you're playing as Ellie. And I'm like, well, fuck me. Joel's dead, huh? like i remember just thinking that i'm like well i'm not gonna say anything i don't want them to spoil it for me but i was like is joel really dead (laughs) yeah um yeah so we're we're going hunting as ellie i actually play this part um because i do really good with the bow and um god it's so good um kind of seeing it like seeing ellie on her own um being resourceful on our own and also to we encounter um more characters and uh yeah i don't know if uh, colt wants to go into this yeah uh, they uh ellie's hunting the deer she finally tracks it down and when she finds it she uh also interacts with some people they're like mm, that's a nice deer you got there how many are in your group i shouldn't be talking like this just yet uh she's <laughs> like how many people are in your group and uh she's like women yeah, children women and children a large group we need this deer and he's like i'll trade you for it and she's like get any medicine medicine do you have any and he's like yeah i can get you some medicine and he tells the guy that was with him go get some medicine i'll wait here with her with the deer to make sure nothing weird happens and uh while they're waiting clickers start rushing the uh little wood mill that they're in it's an old abandoned wood wood mill 
and uh it's, it's you and him are trying to just survive barricading the doors running around it's like a left for dead or like uh, call of duty zombie situation yeah. where there's just a horde of zombies just attacking you and you're both um you're limited um uh, because you're ellie so you're limited you have um just a pistol you get a rifle that you steal off of them and uh a bow, and you have you a knife bow. that that doesn't break yeah, yeah. switch like versus and, the um, shivs that joel has like oh, you have a also knife should mention too in the science building uh the last chapter uh joel finds a flamethrower um yeah he does <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> which really threw me for a fucking loop because <laughs> i'm like oh all these survival weapons and then before like the last little bit of the game they're like well here's a fucking flamethrower yeah <laughs> um but yeah so so you try to survive with uh with this guy um you do find out his name his name is david and um david koresh well he's similar to him <laughs> Jeez. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm not wrong. No, um, so no. They they go back to get their deer, and uh, David reveals that uh, they've been. He he's a man of God, apparently. Um, yeah, he's a Christian, and he says that this is. Uh, also, the entire time too, when Ellie cu- uh, curses or says anything, he's like, "Hey, watch your mouth!" Like, don't. Yeah, curse. he's like, "Don't say that." No cussy wussies. No cussy wussies. It's actually uh, literally what he says. Yeah. Yeah, and um. He reveals that, uh, you know, this is fate because they're a bunch of their group got killed by a man traveling with a young girl at a science building. And, um, yeah. And now, uh, the guy arrives, gives a medicine and they trade for the deer. And like, the guy's like, you're really just going to let her go. And he's like, yeah, just, just let her go. It's a nice little transaction. And uh, she finally, this is where she interacts with Joel. Yeah, this is where you find out that Joel is not totally dead. Well, you really find out when she says you have medicine. You're like, oh, thank Christ. Joel's not dead. And uh, she gives him the medicine and he still looks as fucked up as ever. But during, though, you hear like rumbling after she falls asleep after giving him some medicine. She wakes up to the sound of like rustling and people's voices outside. And she's like, shit, they followed me. And uh, she gets on the horse and starts running away, trying to lure them away from Joel. So she, so he doesn't get hurt. She can't do anything with him right now. And uh, and during so, the horse gets shot in the fucking head. Yeah, the fucking rest dead. in peace, Callus. Rest in peace, Callus. It was such a good horse. And uh, she tries to escape, and uh, eventually, uh, this man knocks her out cold, and. Uh, Puts her in her cage. Yeah, it gets thrown into a like a dog pen, essentially. Yeah. Yep. And uh it's here where um we see that guy from before, he's chopping up a person. Um, there is implied now that there is cannibalism among this group. Yep. And um this guy, David. Yeah, David Koresh nice. tries to feed her some food. He brings in a tray and he's like, Here you go, here's some food. And, <laughs> and uh she like says is this is this human meat and he's like no that's that's the deer and uh she starts gobbling on the food and then he's like saying some bullshit like you could help me find this man do this blah 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 you're just a kid you're yeah because yeah because he's like he's taking advantage of you you're just a kid you don't know any better and you could join me and you're so special yeah so ellie puts her hand through the thing and 
uh, he grabs her hand and it's very much implied. He is a pedophile. He is a pedophile because yeah. he calls her very special and he's very like his tone changes. It's and then she even's like she's even like, oh, you know, like like trying to like be like, oh, you know, play into it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Until she breaks his fucking finger. <laughs> yeah. So I totally misread this first part. At first. I, I just did not pick up on the tonal the the tone shift and i thought it was implied that he thought she was special because he already knew she was infected oh, did no. not and then colton winslow pointed out to me i'm like oh well that makes way more sense <laughs> yeah and uh you also get this co- completely confirmed too when later when um uh this is kind of jumping ahead but she bites him and then she's like i'm infected i'm infected and he's like fuck yeah but um but yeah so she breaks his finger and he's like he hits her and she's like hey um my name's ellie and when you go back to your friends you can say that ellie is the name of the girl who broke your fucking finger yeah i yelled regret this little bitch stuff like that because he's like tell me your name tell me your name and she's like no 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 and then that's when she tells him uh her name and it's really cool it's like this badass moment where she's like actually you can tell him that ellie broke your fucking finger and it's it, it, it's nice again i the character development of ellie is fantastic it is yes it is it is great uh just a great driving force because she, she like as soon as she gets introduced in the game she is a good character but she very quickly becomes like a great character Yes, like yep. just like with with morals and all all this stuff, and it it's nice. It's just nice to see a well written, especially. I mean, right writing a kid ca- cannot be easy. I imagine writing a kid is way harder than writing an adult. Uh, yeah, but the, for for it to be as well done as this, uh, is it, really nice. Yeah, and uh, after. That happens. It cuts to Joel in the uh, garage, and he's like, "Fuck, ow!" And he gets up slowly, and he's like moving around the house, getting trying to find Ellie. Yeah, that penicillin worked quick. Yeah, yep. thank God. Yeah, thank God he wasn't allergic to it. Yeah, and uh, I was playing at this time, so I w- I knew what I was doing, and I immediately went on a rampage, killing everybody, uh, trying to find Ellie. He he works his way towards Ellie. Uh, pretty yep. much and yeah, uh, it, it was funny because it's like the first time we've seen joel up since the the steak driving through his stomach it's just so funny the the visual of his backpack with like two rifles a flamethrower <laughs> the bow and arrow is like well, let me get all the essentials i can hardly fucking move well i gotta take the fucking flamethrower <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just really funny it's just a really funny it's like really, yeah. just weird game thing it's like oh you just have the flamethrower and you just see it it's it's funny it's really and you good. fight through a like a beautiful cabin resort that's what this section's called cabin resort it's like a resort area where you go to have fun in the mountains very beautiful it's definitely Im- implied that it's supposed to be aspen yeah yeah oh and uh, whenever he m- finally makes it to the village, like a siren's going off. And he's like, what the fuck's going on here? And it cuts back to you playing as Ellie. And uh, when you're playing as Ellie, she's going on her own little rampage thing where she's trying to get out of here to get to safety. Uh, on the way, she 
interacts with this little building. She goes in this building, you know, and uh, while inside, uh, this David Koresh opens the door and interacts with her. He knocks her to the floor after. Uh, I can't remember how this sequence went. Does she tries knock to her leave, to the floor. She, and then... she tries to leave through the um through this diner like restaurant area, and as soon as she opens the door, he he peers right there, pushes her down, and closes the door. And um, that's I when think, like deadbolts it or locks it, locks it, and they play they basically play a game of like cat and mouse. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And then you have to sneak around and make sure you like stab him in the neck multiple times. Try to get the keys so you can leave this area. And also, there's broken plates in the diner area. You can't step on them because he will find you quicker because it yeah. it makes noise. You're breaking glass. I I thought that was a neat touch. Yeah, and he's super aggressive. He's I feel like he's way more aggressive in this version than the original. Well, I mean, he he's pretty much how he was in the original, and that is that, um, you you do use guerrilla tactics, you get a few hits, but over the course of, of this, uh, it's kind of like a boss fight, um, where he um eventually he resorts to sneaking around and being quiet, so it's hard to use your um your hearing sense on him, and mm-hmm. uh, it was funny though because in this situation, it was really easy because Colt was looking for him, and he's literally right in front of front of you and he Cole easily sneaks up on the fucker <laughs> yeah it, it was really funny uh, <laughs> I, I find it that's the one thing i thought of when colt was like oh the the critics cl- proclaim that the the game and i'm sure it is if you play on a higher difficulty i'm sure there's parts like next to impossible again we were playing on light mode because we just wanted the story experience yeah um but it's just really funny because he's like looking he's like where is she where is she and colt's like behind her or behind him and just shanks him <laughs> And it cuts back to Ellie to where she's on the ground and she sees a machete and she starts crawling towards it uh, to finish off David. And uh, when she does so, David kicks her in her, in her side multiple times. I made the joke that Joel was the one kicking her side. Uh, and I thought that was funny. Uh, so I shared it with the class. Anyway, she tries to claw to it. He kicks her multiple times. And eventually he's like choking her out and she gets the machete and smacks him one good time in the face and then just crawls on top of him and just beats him until he's dead. And uh, Joel comes in while she's still swinging on him. And if Joel wasn't there, she'd probably still be going. Uh, Joel stops her and says, it's me. We need to get out of here. This place is on fire. Yeah, because at first, like Ellie's like almost like starts going in on Joel because she just does not expect to see him at all. Yeah. And then there's like a moment of like um where it's like all the sound has escaped and like he's like you know wh- whenever he's trying to get off her and like she's talking and stuff like yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah, and again like Ellie's like crying when Joel finds her and Joel's like consoling her and like hugging her and is like it's okay, it's okay. Like you're you're safe now and like Ellie's like he tries and it kind of cuts off, but uh, it's it's a brutal scene. Like yeah. again, when when people talk about this game being well acted, this scene that needs to be like the example, but uh, like an example piece. But obviously, having the context of like playing the whole level, really from the time you meet David to here, you're just like, hmm, yep. He was evil. He was not a good guy. Yep. 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 Def- yep. Definitely. Would it be a far fetch to say the most evil person you meet in the game? 
I agree. I agree. Yeah. The, the most e- definitely the most evil named individual in the game by yeah. a long yeah. shot. Um yeah, because uh, it, it's like he, he tries to be like the cunning kind of evil where it, it, it's it, he was not nice. Yeah. Yeah. That it was a very harsh winter and also too as they're leaving, uh, the machete is still in David's body. Yep. And and it cut and it like has blood on the handle and like blood has dripped down the blade and it, it's like just a it, it kind of like leaving that part there, um, yep. in a way like Ellie kind of leaving all those emotions there, which kind of does lead into spring a little bit, um, because after that part cut cuts to black, it is spring. I yep. feel like there's the biggest time gap in between the seasons from here to spring. Oh yeah, because like. In that winter time, I, I imagine it's like November to the December area, and now yeah. it's got like be like March. Yeah, you're in like March or April, probably. Yeah, because definitely whenever I mean you were in Colorado, and now you're all the way up in Utah. Yeah, so a lot of time has passed. Yep, man, it's 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 a whole different dynamic as soon as spring starts. Yeah, oh, yeah, where we we reached the peak of their relationship, where mm-hmm. at first Joel was more reserved, Ellie was trying to get him to open up. Now we see where Joel is more like he's warmed up to her completely. He, mm-hmm. you know, like Tanner said, he like he sees himself as the sole responsibility for this child. Yeah. Like he he's like cracking jokes with her, more kind of more open about Sarah with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even talks about like teaching her how to play guitar. Like, yeah. But then also Ellie is a little bit more reserved because yeah. of this such a traumatic experience that she had. And because you got to figure at this point, they've been together eight or nine months. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been she, together. I, I imagine she was 14 when they first met. And in the transition to now, I think she's like 15. Yeah. To spring, she would have to be 15 at some point during the game. But she's become a little bit more reserved because of the traumatic experience that she suffered, you know, from David. Um, And it's, it's an interesting, just side by side to the, to the beginning of the game. Cause like Ellie was like this fun outgoing, like, Oh, Joel, why don't you open up? Blah, blah, blah. And Joel, like just being the cold shoulder type. And now Joel, this rugged, you know, 52 year old man is like, Ellie, have fun. I want to teach you how to play guitar when when we're safe. And we're going to get you to the Firefly Lab and you're going to be good. You're going to help save the world. Everything's going to be fine and dandy. And Ellie's just like, eh. Yeah, she's like, she's like somewhere else where Joel after being molded by 20 years of hardship mm-hmm. is now finally opening up. While Ellie, who she has experienced some very, very terrible things. Mm-hmm. She is after this event is even more hardened and finally is like, yep. Kind of, um, in the, you know, they swapped basically. Yeah. It really. It's really again, the acting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, because it's like Ellie, it's never out it's never spoken but ellie's like man do i want to survive this like if this is what life is yeah and and, and yeah and this is also there was a interesting moment too where you know um joel is 
um, going to boost up Ellie like they usually do than prompt, but she doesn't come up. Yeah. Um, She's in her own world just thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, um, if, if you want to go into this rest part, because there's a really beautiful moment in here. Yeah. Cold. They go through the bus depot. Ellie's in her own world, and he's like, I'll, I'll get you. I'll boost you up there, and you put this ladder down. And uh, whenever she gets up there, she's like, holy shit, what the fuck? After she starts to pick up the ladder to slide it down, she just lets go of the ladder, and it drops. And she runs off because she sees something cool. And Joel's like, God damn it. And he climbs the ladder after setting it back up. And he tries to follow her, but she keeps running. And eventually you find uh, her in this one room with this beautiful creature. This is probably like my second favorite part of the game. It's just so visually beautiful. Yeah. Uh, She's in there with a a giraffe. And you go up to pet it and you're like, like, come over here. It's a... Nice, beautiful creature. Come and pet it, too. It's nice. It's eating some uh, leaves. Now, I, I don't know if y'all will be able to remember this. Did they not show that part of the game in the fucking commercial spots for this game? They did for the remake. Oh, Not okay. the original. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I vividly remember seeing TV commercials that had the giraffe in it. So I wasn't aware that the giraffe was going to be this late game. I was like, man, that's kind of fucking crazy that they were showing like this scene in the commercials just, I mean, cause you're like two hours out from beating the game at this point. If that even, yeah, I was like, wow, that's kind of random. Yeah. And the giraffe is really, again, they really changed the, and even the facial animations of the giraffe, you can see its veins, um, the slight movements of its tongue and its mouth and its eyes twitching, like, or it's, it's mu- facial muscles twitching. It's, really well done and it's another moment where like you know ellie ellie is kind of back in our world um Mm -hmm. because it's a beautiful moment of like this is you know out of all this darkness there's this beauty and it's natural yep and and it felt like a real father daughter moment because they're like both leaning on the rail and they're talking about the giraffes i was a little confused why you couldn't ride a giraffe but that's neither here nor there um and it's real it's like that childlike wonderment of ellie being really excited because it's not like joel she loses joel like she's always within eyesight of joel she's like joel come on come see this come see this it's crazy uh and it's like that childlike wonderment that really gets us like the ellie from the rest of the game yeah um back to us so so now they're on sort of the same level of they're both open they both you know care for each other like a father and daughter dynamic would so it's it's really nice and it, it you know out of context i know it sounds crazy that's like man this scene in this zombie apocalypse game with this fucking giraffe in salt lake city was beautiful but it, it colt hit it right it may be my favorite scene in the whole game uh yeah de- definite top three uh it's it's truly like breathtaking and again just taking like full advantage of the ps5's hardware of like yeah, i mean it it is visually stunning. Like uh, us talking about it does not do it justice. How much different and great it looks compared to the remaster and the original. But man, it, it, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It yeah. Really and this is. is a moment too, where we have Joel. He's like, you know, we don't have to go to the fireflies. We can just go back to Tommy, go back to their compound and live there. And, you know, Ellie's like, no, we can't do that. Like, especially after everything we've done, um, this has to mean something. We have to see it through. Mm-hmm. 
the resolve we see that there too and um that's where they go through the underground tunnel that's flooded to try to cross into um a hospital to get to the yeah. hospital on the other side of town and in the underground tunnel you run into a bunch of fucking clickers and some bloaters three bloaters in total this is the most you'll fight in the game and uh it's still a struggle use six of those fucking shrapnel bombs and almost all my ammo trying to kill these things yeah uh, eventually you fight your way through the tunnel and uh you're crawling out on these ducks and stuff to get across the deep water and you eventually jump on some buses uh joel jumps on a bus and he's like all right come on over and uh they uh joel falls through the window the door of the bus because it's on its side it's one of those like fold-in doors that you open to get on and yeah. off the bus it's like a, it's a city bus yeah and once he falls in he's like shit 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 i wasn't paying attention because i knew he's got to fall away to the back of the bus uh for the story but i you've got to press triangle to hang on first so you can try uh and uh he just eventually bashes his head and he's like fuck i'm gonna die here ellie's like jumps onto the bus cracks the window and uh knocks him out under the water not knocks him out he hits him in the head really fucking hard as the bus is like tumbling rolling over back and forth eventually her getting in the current throwing her away as joel has to swim after her yep yeah it's again because I, I know we've touched on it, but Ellie cannot swim. That, that's also another thing that I think she says uh, while her and Joel are originally starting to bond where she's like, you can teach me how to swim. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice moment or it, it's not a nice moment, but it's like a, Oh shit. Like, yeah, she can't swim, but she, again, really seeing Ellie risk her life for Joel in this situation, which she has done at this point multiple times in the game, but it's just, yeah. it really drives home that she she's there now, as opposed to earlier in the spring level where she's like drifting off into her own world and like, obviously having this trauma response. And like, now she's like, she's like, okay, I have to be here. I have to be present. I have to help Joel because he's done so much for me. So now I need to return the favor. Uh, I also will say there was this part too. I completely forgot at the end of fall when she's getting Joel back to his uh, horse is uh, he mentions that he could sing and she's been trying to egg him on saying like, Oh, sing for me, sing for me. And then, and then at the very end of the fall uh, sequence, she's like, if you survive, if we survive this, you're totally singing for me. Yeah, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. That was such a funny, really good moment, which is understandable. Um, and, and in here too, after, um, uh, after getting caught in the current um they make it to the end of the tunnel where joel tries to resuscitate her and um there's some soldiers there who are telling him to put his hands up and it's just like dude this girl i'm trying to resuscitate but you know you could say like oh well they don't know it's like i don't know soldiers are fucking stupid it also has a very clear you know comparison to joel with sarah at the beginning of the game with the soldier you're like no way you're like soldier joel's trying to save you know in this case uh his daughter stand in but versus you know 20 years ago it was his daughter it's like the exact same thing and uh the, i guess that kind of leads into beast mode joel yeah <laughs> he gets knocked out cold 
he wakes up in the Firefly lab. He finds out this is the Fireflies. Marlene comes in and talks to him, saying, thank you for bringing her all this way. It's so great of you to do so, and uh, you can leave now. He's like, can I say goodbye? Can I at least say I'll see you later? She's like, I don't think that's a good idea. And find out that to uh, get the information that they need from Ellie, they have to kill her and take her brain so they can study it. Yep. And immediately Joel's like, find someone else. Find someone else right now. And like, and then the one of the guards that was with Marlene's like punching him, knocking him out, putting the gun at him, saying, stop. And then Marlene's like, stop. You don't have to do this. Just escort him out of here. Get him out. And whatever. Yeah, and Marlene tries to pull like this thing. It was like, Marlene's like, it's harder on me than it is on you. I've known her since she was a child. I knew her mom, blah, 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 blah. It's really annoying. Really made me hate Marlene. Yeah, because yeah. she, I mean, I, I get what she's doing because she's like, this is bigger than her, me, or you. Like, mm -hmm. but the way she was being so fucking cold about it, she was like, yeah. I don't fucking care what kind of relationship you had with her. Like, I've known her longer and I've lost so many people. Like, this needs to be done. And like, just being a dick. And she's like, if he tries anything, shoot and kill him. And it's just like, dude, yeah, really? And uh, while uh, Joel's getting escorted away by this guard, uh, Marlene went off doing her business. Uh, the guards, like, keep walking, pushing him, like, being a real dickhead. And Joel, like, walks past his gear with his rifle, and he's, like, thinking, like, I should probably get this. And uh, he, uh, he knocks this guy over, grabs his gear, shoots him in the dick twice, saying, where is the uh, surgery room? Where can I go to find Ellie? And uh, he's like, fuck it. He shoots him in the dick again. And then he says, I don't have time for this. And then he tells him and then he blows his brains out on the spot. Yep. And at this point, you're just like, damn. <laughs> Joel's <laughs> really in mode. Yeah. Joel's going for it. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I play in this section and uh... <laughs> it was fun to watch Wendell Love. Uh, flap around. I feel like that's the best way to describe the gameplay. <laughs> uh, it wasn't his fault. It was the uh, assault rifle in this section of the game. This is the first time you get a fully automatic weapon, and they uh, the updated version it kicks like crazy. Yeah, yep. it was crazy. The updated version they made the dual sense insane, and they made it kick like crazy. So it was so fucking hard to control because at, in the original, when you get the assault rifle, you're a beast. It's like you're an unstoppable killing machine. It's like you have perfect control over this gun. It's insanely powerful. No, in this one, it's like, yeah, it's powerful, but goddamn, it's hard to control. So um, it was really tough. I There were times where I just swapped to the bow and I would try to shoot people. I fucked up um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. I was Hawkeye. I was Hawkeye. You were Hawkeye. W Wenzel did have some pretty crazy shots with the bow and arrow, I will say. Yes, yes. And um so yeah, you make it you kind of basically kill your way through the hospital. It kind of seems like in the first game and in this one where you basically like just kill all of the fireflies. <laughs> like yeah. you go in you go crazy. And there's a part in there where it's like you could let some fireflies run past you. Oh, I say no. I, I go and kill them. Yeah, like, yeah. Colt was like, you know you can just let them go. And once was like, yeah. 
<laughs> immediately <laughs> rushes behind them, killing them. Like, oh my gosh. And then finally, after doing all that, you do make it to um the surgery room where Ellie is knocked out. She's, you know, under anesthesia. And um there's there's a doctor and there's his um I guess nurses or Yeah, two nurses. Two nurses, and he's like I mean, he's obviously getting defensive. The the doctor pulls out a knife. He's like, "No, like I can't let you do this. Like she will say." It's not even work. a knife. It's a scalpel. It's yeah, a scalpel. <laughs> sorry, it's a scalpel. And he's like, he's trying to plead with him and everything. And in this moment, you you have only one choice, and it's the fucking worst choice ever. But you have to kill the doctor. Just him. You, just him. <laughs> um. So I'll tell you that. what happened immediately. Uh, Winslow killed the doctor, and then the two nurses that were with him were like freaking out, like, oh my god, what the fuck? And Winslow's, uh, and one of them called him a monster, and Winslow said, fuck you, and shot that one. And uh, the other one didn't even say anything, and Winslow shot that one. And I was like, Jesus. That was okay, no, up. no, you're not being specific enough. Okay, this is what happened. So the woman nurse was like, you animal. So I shot and killed her. And then the other guy was like, he's like, please, like, because in the game, if you kill all the enemies, there's an enemy left. They will, uh, they will try to beg and plead, and you can kind of make a decision there. With this one, he was doing kind of that, where he was like, "Please, just take the girl and go. I won't do anything." And uh, I shoot him in the legs. Um, it kills him, you know, automatically. But then I shot him in the face after he died too, and his head exploded. I will say, like I said, they. So this is where you. No, no, this is not where. But um, after doing that, I was just kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. This is a, it's a video game. But like, I, I felt this way. The way I felt after playing this game is the same way I felt after playing Last of Us Part Two. I felt bad. It was gruesome. The entire game with killing like people was gruesome. But also too, at this moment, it was because in this moment too, like this is like probably the most sterile environment because they're also wearing scrubs. Mm -hmm. So like, and I mean, they're not, they're not attacking you. Like they're just nurses and doctors. And yeah, at this point, it's really the first time that you playing as Joel kill arguably good people. Yeah. Like they're trying to make this vaccine to save the world. And Joel's like, nope. And, um, you, you take Ellie and you have to run through the hospital. um, trying to escape all of the fireflies coming to get you. And you make it down um to the basement where you um get it's like a garage like a parking garage 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 yeah where you get uh jumped by marlene yeah and marlene says just let her down put her down leave her here and and go get i'll put the gun down the and right as joel is like all right he pulls out his he, he doesn't pull out his gun he's got it like resting underneath ellie's legs and he pulls the trigger shooting her in the stomach uh no wrong it yeah. actually cuts to joel driving in the truck oh, fuck. i was gonna say so there's kind of a there's kind of like a cut where it's like it shows it's like marlene is telling him don't do this so she's putting down his gun and then joel's looking at her and then it cuts to ellie waking up joel's driving the truck ellie's like what happened what's going on and joel says oh yeah there was a bunch of other people there that um, were immune you're mm -hmm. immune uh, your immunity, your immunity didn't matter. So, um, so we left. Um, and that's where it cuts back to where he shoots Marlene in the stomach. And uh, I'll let you, I'll let you go from there. If you want? 
Yeah, Marlene's like, why are you doing this? Just you don't have to do this. This has saved all of us. And like, don't kill me. Just go. And uh, he's like, if I if I don't kill you, you'll just come after her. And he shoots her in the head, killing her. Yep. And uh, that's the Firefly Lab. And uh, it goes to uh, the next part is the Jackson. The uh, Joel and Ellie are on their way back in the truck that they stole from the Firefly facility. They uh, stop at a place and get out to actually walk towards the little village that Tommy has. And uh, it's a nice little beautiful area. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, a little bit more civilized than the last time we it's were there. A, oh, it's yeah. a city. It's, a it's city. not winter anymore. The last time we were here, yeah. It, well, not last time it was winter. It was uh it fall. was fall. Yeah, this now is it's very pretty. Yeah. But also like with them getting the, the hydroelectric stuff going, like it it looks more like a city. Yes. Yeah. Um as well. And then you get definitely my favorite scene in the game. It's my favorite scene in the game too. Uh Joel and Ellie stop and like Ellie's asking like is what you said true? Is it true that you said that they uh that they there was more than people like me. I can't remember exactly what the conversation do, do She you said I think she said like is it true everything you said about the fireflies? Is it true? That's what she says. Yeah, she yeah, because she because this is when she mentions Riley. Um Yeah. For for the first time, she's like, she's like, you know, talk about we, you know, die, like go crazy together, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, is it true what you said, Joel? She's like, Joel, swear to me. And Joel goes, I swear. And then she says, okay. okay. And that's when and the, the credits, credits roll. Yep. <laughs> it, God, it's so good. It, it is really so is. fucking good. I would put that scene on the level of any of my favorite scenes in a movie or t- television show ever. Like it is in that pantheon of just like great all-time pieces uh that specific scene in pieces of media because it's just the emotion that is conveyed on both of their faces and just the simple because it's not like a it's not like a yippee-yay okay joel it's just like a okay and it, it cuts like it's very much like a almost a doubting okay but she's like Joel has no reason to lie to me, so I have yeah. to believe him. Yeah, she, um, so she has to just take it. She's like, okay. Yeah, she's like, man, that sucks. Oh, okay. Like, I've got it. Oh, man, it's so good. It really is. It's so fucking fantastic. I don't know how we want to do this. Like, do we want to talk about Left Behind first before we I, go say, into our go final feelings? We, we can go into Left Behind, yeah. and I feel like we could do this a little more quickly because this is... um. Very short. Literally about an hour and a half of like left behind. What it was definitely it took us less than two hours. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now you're playing as Ellie. Ba 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 ba. She. It starts off with her trying to find medicine stuff to actually help with Joel in the uh, garage. Because uh, again, if you missed it earlier, left behind. It, it's a. Uh, you're playing as Ellie two different times. You're playing at the. It pretty much it bridges the gap between fall and winter where Joel gets impaled. Yeah. And then you're also playing as her uh prior to the pro or prior to her being in Boston uh with her and her friend Riley that she mentions at the end of the main story. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh she's trying to get stuff for Joel. She's working her way around and uh, uh getting involved with some clickers and whatnot. 
uh, and eventually it cuts back to the mall rats. I'm not skipping anything there, right? Essentially uh, it. No, no. I was gonna. Something I was gonna say though is, uh, you keep saying clickers. Do you have you forgotten about the runners? I know. It's just in general, they're they turn into clickers. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like the runners, I, like you encounter more runners than you do clickers. Yeah, just, yeah, I, but I feel like the runners are kind of like just the common fodder. They're they're generic. Um, yeah, there's I know. really no reason to mention is what I at least got from Colt. There's really no reason to mention them by name. Yeah, because I mean, like when you think of Last of Us, you don't think oh, the runners. You think clickers. You think clickers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, but I didn't skip anything there, right? No, I, no, I think no. You're good for back in the flash. Back in the flash. Yeah, she literally tries to find a fucking first aid kit in a pharmacy but there's nothing in it so she looks and she sees a helicopter and but then it cuts to mall rats where her and riley are um in the mall because when she everything she's doing right now it's in a mall so she's like reminiscing yeah yeah so is that she goes back in time well she doesn't go back in time she remembers uh or it shows us her and Riley, well, she's sleeping on a bed. Riley breaks into her room and says, I'm going to kill you. No, she doesn't. She scares her. She scares her. I was going to say, she does jump on her and bite her, which I feel like is uh, maybe you shouldn't do that during a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little messed up. Because she like, Ellie like pulls her knife on her. Yeah. And uh, she's like saying, like, let's go out. Let's have some fun. I'm, I, uh, I'm with the Fireflies and uh, they told me some cool stuff that you should come and see. And they go on a nice little uh, journey to find uh, the mall because it's like Wenzel said, it's another mall. Yeah, and um... yeah, and and, and really like th- this part is like it's fun. Like it, you're you're teenagers, you're both fourteen, so it's like there, there's just one part where y'all are in like the Halloween store. I love that part. Um, I love it so much <laughs> that like <laughs> and putting on math was was it Colt playing? I was Wenzel playing. playing. Okay, Wenzel playing. And like there was masks you could put on and did all that shit and like just like explored and like Riley would keep like she came out of the tomb as Frankenstein's monster and then she dressed up as Dracula and like Ellie was like a total nerd because she was like, actually, you'd be Countess Dracula. And, yeah, uh, it's was, it was just like really fun and, and, and a lot more comedy in this part yeah for two kids yeah yeah yeah, because it makes sense thematically for them and should also preface too that like when riley shows up ellie isn't she is surprised but not let's say happy because riley left without saying anything and there's kind of this uh rift because she's been gone for 46 days so about seven weeks and they're very close friends so this is kind of like out, this is really out of nowhere out of the blue and um and yeah so they're exploring there's this really cool sequence where after you get the halloween mask uh you basically start this competition with riley where it, they both what i was saying yeah oh, oh okay sorry um so there's these two cars there's red and blue and um ellie's red riley's blue and you basically have to take bricks and whoever is the first person to break all the windows on the cars get to ask the other person whatever they want and uh, of course, I'm a pro, so I quickly and easily break all the windows. <laughs> and um, I get Riley to ask, I get Riley to a- answer the question of, why'd you leave me? And um, which is a heavy question. Like, which damn. is a heavy question, and she doesn't really answer it. And you yeah, leave There's actually four choices. I, I think we should mention that. There, you could ask her, why'd you leave? Um, 
Howard the Fireflies, I think, or something to the effect of that. There's a there's a no question forget uh, it or something. option like a forget about it option. I can't fucking remember the fourth option. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, I can't uh, something so, something to the effect of their friendship. I think maybe. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you leave behind the mask, and Riley takes Ellie to like kind of like a secret where it's like. Um, you know, what, like, uh, why, why is there only electricity in certain parts of the, of the town? Well, actually there's electricity everywhere. It's just that the military, the government, or yeah, the military just flips a switch. So they turn on the power for the mall. And you get on a little carousel. Yeah. You get on well, I will actually, you open. Well, it's doors. before that you go back to, yeah. uh, Ellie in the snowy times. Yep. Where she's winter. trying to turn the power back. Well, she's in the helicopter. She gets the med kit. And uh, she's. Oh, my God. How am I remembering this? Like, I'm not really remembering that well. Has no, no, else... you're, you're right. You like you have, you pretty much you see the helicopter. You have to get to the helicopter. You parkour into the helicopter. Essentially, you have to, you okay. have to do this little platforming part. Yeah. And then you're in the helicopter. Yeah, she gets in the helicopter, sees the stuff, the sutures, the stuff she needs to help with Joel, and then she hugs it and falls asleep for a little bit. Yeah. Now but, we're back. Because to we the should carousel. mention that Joel she took care of Joel's gashing stomach wound yep. with like uh her, one of her t shirts and duct tape. Yep. <laughs> and now we're at the carousel part. Where uh, her and Riley get on this nice carousel with this beautifully lit up area now that the power is on. It's just a nice little scene of them just riding the carousel. Yeah, just nice. Um, and and then you kind of like get to explore the not the whole mall, like obviously not every store, but you 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 do the stuff that's like fun that like teenagers would do. You ride well, maybe besides the carousel. Uh, you go to a photo booth. Um, you can actually check out the pictures we took on Colt's Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's on my Twitter, Colt D zero zero. Yeah, because yeah. there's an option to share it to Facebook. Weirdly, in the that, game, and like and in the, the game, don't know what Facebook is. Yeah, and then because I'm thinking, I'm like, is there really Facebook integration with this game? Like, is it about to share it to Colt's Facebook? But no, it, but it gives you the option to like share it to Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Um. So you. you yeah, you do that. It's fun. You take a bunch of like fun, cute pictures. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to go to the arcade, which yeah. is I, I, w- probably my favorite part of the whole DLC, to be honest. Because you get to go to the famous Jack X arcade machine. And if she plays around on it, like playing Jack X, and then right after you get off, you get a trophy uh, where it's called Nobody's Perfect. And uh, Ellie calls the game stupid. So. It's funny coming from them since they made it. Yeah, it's it's also funny because she's like race cars with guns. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so good. And then shortly after that, you can play uh, the version of uh, fuck. What is that game called? The Turning, where uh, you since it's not working fully, Riley um, narrates a fight, and uh, Ellie has to imagine it. And during that, you'll have these quick time events to fight this other character. And it's really cool because 
the top has health bars for both your characters, Angel Knives and Black Fang. Yeah, and it's actually playing like this very purposely done knockoff Mortal Kombat music. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Wenzel did it flawlessly, and when he did it, that's another trophy right there, baby. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm awesome. (laughs) And, Uh, like, after that, it's the water fight, the fun little fight. Oh, yeah, the water gun fight. I mean, it's, like, there's it's definitely a weird juxtaposition. Like, obviously, it's intentional, because, like, you have Ellie in the harsh winter in this abandoned mall being like, ugh. I just, I, I have to help Joel or he's going to die. And then you have the juxtaposition of like, oh, I'm here with my best friend in the mall. Yeah. Just trying to remember a uh, easier, better time. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- it's really cool because this, uh, this is, per, uh, fall, this follows up um, Ellie getting mad at Riley, but Riley getting mad at Ellie yeah. and yep. her um, showing that she was able to get these water guns back from their, um, corporal uh, squad leader dude or whatever and so because ellie, ellie finds out that she is going to go across the country the fireflies are moving her yeah, yeah so this is going to be like the last time she sees riley and riley is like can i get some advice and she's like go get out of here and so kind of ellie being kind of still mad but playful she's like all right let's you know try to beat each other in water uh, water gun fight and so i play um, I do amazing. Um, Riley just gets her you ass struggled beat. a little bit. I, I I will say you did struggle a little bit with the water gun fight. Why can't you guys let me have this? <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve to have this part because it was funny. It was it was embarrassing. Funny. You should be ashamed. Fuck you. <laughs> but it's three rounds of water gun fighting. <laughs> And uh, Wenzel did win every single one, even though the last one it was like killer be killed. It's really the first round he had the most problem with because he almost lost it. Yes. And then <laughs> after the uh, water gun fight, doesn't it skip back to uh, current time? No, you do the water gun fight and then you dance, right? No, that's after. The oh, dance okay. is like the very last thing you do. Then yeah, I think I think it's right. I can't remember exactly where it, it skips. Okay, yeah, yeah. It it cuts back to Ellie, and uh, she's now got to find her way back to the horse, to, back to Callus, so she can get out of here. Mm-hmm. But uh, a bunch of David's men are here, but she, we don't know if they are David's men, or she yeah. doesn't know they're David's men yet. And uh, she has to kill all these people just to make it back. And it's a very fucking crazy thing. Cause you've got a bow and a handgun pretty much mm-hmm. until, until the fire, fi- the final firefight where you can finally pick up a rifle. Yeah. And you can finally pop them with that. But Wenzel wanted to be Hawkeye. Wenzel what did want to be Hawkeye. He was doing good with the bow. I you there Wenzel? Wenzel? I think he's bad that uh, <laughs> we, we talked about his water gun skills. Wenzel. <laughs> I, I wonder if he knows that the silent bit doesn't work as well when we're all not in the same room. 
So we actually don't know if he's just yeah, disconnected. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making sure that I'm I'm punishing you, Tanner. You're gonna have to edit. You're gonna have to edit that. I'm not editing nothing. Oh, well, besides you're the, absolutely you're editing the parts I have to edit. Why are you punishing me? Colt's the one that pointed it out. You're all in trouble. Colt will get his punishment <laughs> later. Oh damn, Colt's gonna get spankings. Um trying to remember. Anyway, so yeah, I try to be Hawkeye. Uh, I died twice. Yeah, I died twice. Um in the scene. Also, too, like um What? What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't I'm I will say I'm having a tough time putting together what happened because I know there was a section where there was electric water. Yeah, that happened before you made it to the helicopter. Okay. I, like, I, I could not remember where the fuck that was. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that part. But it was funny because Wenzel fell in the water right at the very end of it. And it scared the shit out of all of us. Because it was, it was very startling. It's like it a prolonged 20-second so death animation where Ellie's just going... Ah! <laughs> it, it's just like, that's way over-the-top violent. Yeah. and But now... When she makes it back to Callus, she gets on Callus and gets skedaddles. Now it cuts back to Ellie and uh, Riley in the like uh, music area playing some music and dancing on top of the showcase thing. Yeah, a few of us busted some moves during this part. Oh yeah, y'all both like uh, were hitting it. <laughs> yeah, with me and Wenzel danced. Wenzel, you want to talk about your dance moves any? Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I forgot. Witzel was, for some reason, Austin Powers uh, <laughs> during that part. Yeah, Tanner was dancing so sexy, and I was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. We should also keep in mind we were in Colt's room. So, <laughs> not, not the largest space to dance with, but uh, no, no. But you made it work. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah you yeah. made it work. Yeah, yeah, I did, baby. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, now they're dancing on the stuff and uh, in the middle of it runners they start running at them and they start going oh crazy. hey you didn't mention Ellie gives Riley a little kiss oh yeah this is where you find out she's a lesbian like this is like the probably the most important details like, definitely the her... most important part of the whole DLC <laughs> I know <laughs> I gives, forgot she gives, you for... <laughs> uh, gives her a kiss and that's where it's like we see that, like, okay, like, they're more than friends because Riley is, like, smiling and she's happy, and um, it's in this moment that Riley chooses, like, you know what? Fuck the Fireflies. So she's yep. not gonna join the Fireflies. Her and Ellie are gonna run away. Yep. But then that's when runners start running in, and um, Riley pulls out her gun, and it cuts to black as she shoots a shot. Yeah, this is why you guys are here, because I need help remembering things. Well, you know, we're all in this together, just like yeah. Zach Efron said. What yeah. happens next? Um, well, we have the final shootout firefight that you talked about earlier. <laughs> because um, Ellie never gets on Callus. Callus oh, is in fuck. the mall the entire time. Why didn't you time. guys step in? I don't know what's happening. I just... I assumed you were right. <laughs> I was trying to remember. So no, like I'm not like I'm not like saying like, you know, this is your fault or anything. I was literally trying to piece together what happened. Yeah, so, you, because again, this all happens in an hour and a half and you probably jump back and forth 
five or six times. Yeah, it's hard to tell because you keep bouncing back and forth. Yeah, you bounce back and forth very frequently. I mean, sometimes you're only playing in one part for like 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to follow when you're playing, but like, yeah. remembering no, back, like, it's a little hard to tell. L- what let happens. me preface like it. Uh, the whenever we played this, a lot of time has passed, and um, this was short. It's not hard to follow at all. It's just literally so much stuff has happened between then that we're trying to piece together this, and like we're we're not trying to follow like a um a freaking play-by-play of like the whole yeah. synopsis of it like yeah, yeah no it's not like we're reading off the wikipedia page or anything because we again we did just play it so we can tell you but also too it's like there is some troubles remembering exact details so yeah to kind of help colt here because i i'm trying to remember too sorry um so after that there's a firefight uh where um like you said at this moment we know david these are david's men but Ellie doesn't know that, but we know that because they were looking, they mentioned how they're looking for an old man and a young girl, and that's who they're tracking. And then Ellie has to try to fight them off to make sure they don't get to Joel. Um, she is able to. There's like three sequences of like her fighting these guys, and eventually more infected come in. They help take care of some of the guys. It's really badass. Um, and there's a really funny moment where you're trying to unlock um the area that you have Joel stashed away and she almost gets shot. And so after you finally finish this whole firefight, she yells out in the mall. is like, if anybody else wants to jump out, now's the time because I will fucking kill you. Yeah. Like (laughs) because like prior to this, she's also had to fight against like runners and a couple of clickers. And does that really the only time in the game you use the gang members as bait? yeah do it multiple times beforehand uh but it's more obvious here yeah it's yeah it's more obvious here it definitely feels like a a mechanic because you are playing as this 14 year old so it kind of makes more sense that you know you're you're using a child the enemy of my enemy is my friend basically which is what plays into also like the next portion but anyway um i'm trying to think how this ends off um so after that, you you make it back to Joel, and you're telling Joel like, um, "Oh wait, shit, no." I think it cuts back before back to Riley and Ellie dancing, you know, and they're trying to run away from all of the fucking infected, and they're having to r- basically run. That's through the where mall. it ends. I think like she makes it to Joel, she rides off in his little sled. Now. We're with them and they're running away from the clickers and the yeah, runners. yeah. I think Colt's right. It because after okay. the firefight, you get into the the store that you had Joel in. You tie Joel to the little sled thing after you like properly suture him up, and then you're on Callus and you take off. And then because the final part of the DLC, you're it's just you and Riley. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're running through the mall trying to get away, and eventually you make it to like I guess the upper part scaffolding, um, where at some point. Uh, you get jumped by an infected. Uh, and Riley helps you kill it, but it also too, it's revealed that oh shit, uh, Ellie's been bitten. But then Riley shows that she's also been bitten. Yeah. Yep. So they and both are Riley, infected. And Riley says like, let's be all poetic and lose our minds together. Yep. And credits. Yeah, that's where <laughs> yeah. it ends. Yep. And like. It, it it's it's nice 
It's I mean, very it, sad. It, it's a sad ending because like it doesn't show Riley. Obviously, we find out playing the main game that Riley dies very shortly at, thereafter, and then you yeah. know Ellie's obviously immune. But yeah, it, it's it's kind of a it. I I wasn't so sold on the idea of the game having DLC, but playing it, it added a little bit of context um, that I liked. Uh, it's it, I mean, especially I mean it's. It Really, just a an Ellie set piece because I yeah. mean Joel doesn't even fucking speak in it. Um, he's comatose the whole time, so it's really an Ellie set piece, and like it just does so much more for her character. Like it, it's like really, 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 really fucking good. Yeah, we we kind of get to see like we know that children and a like like innocent loss. We know that, but mm-hmm. I think for this we really get to see like what exactly was lost from her yeah. not only did she lose people but she lost her innocence and we get to see that innocence not only in action and interact with it but also like where it eventually is destroyed yep man so, yeah that's uh, it that's last of us uh... that's the last of us that's kind of like a breakdown of everything of uh, the story wise um i guess for this next section if, if i'm not speaking too fast is going to be our final part where we go into opinions and impressions and all of that. Correct. Uh-huh. Indeed. Yep. I, I will say for this part, we're going to start off probably with the opinion that is the most important, the whole basis for this podcast and this episode. And that would be Tanner. Yeah. Um, before I start, do I, so we're also going to do a thing. Just to, you know, really TLDR this, we're going to give it a score. We're all going to give an individual score, and then we're going to yes. average out those three scores, and that's going to be like the official Backlog Boys score. Do yes. I need to give my score after my thoughts, or do we want everybody to give their thoughts, then give scores? I feel like you can give your score after your thought. Okay. Yeah. Then we'll just go down um, the line. Okay. So coming into this, again, the whole basis for this podcast, and I'm I'm sure you can listen to old episodes of AYCH from years ago where I'm just not hot on the last of us as a concept. I, I think it, I think it was overdone. I, I think there, I think I had too much hype. Um, it was just like, you know, like, Oh, zombie apocalypse. Oh, father, daughter, like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. Um, but playing it, it really is just like this incredible, narrative i i hate to admit that colton winslow was right but colton yeah winslow, we're kind of right yeah <laughs> right. um it, it is a great game the i my qualms with it are very minor um the ones that are there uh and i and i think it, that's just part of it being a product of its time because this is a nearly 10 year old game at this point um but it is truly a masterwork in character acting uh for especially in video games in general i like i said at the whole start of this thing i feel like this really pushed forward like oh games can be more than just oh, press x blah blah blah, blah whatever like that it really pushed video games as like a narrative telling device forward in a way especially we see it you know more often now um but this game really helped lead that charge you could argue naughty dog led the charge with uncharted um, but th- this game, I feel like, is more in the pantheon of great all-timers than either of the first two Uncharted's, at least. So, 
I mean, Joel and Ellie, probably two of the best written characters, at least in the first game ever. I know that I know that's a lot. I know that's a stretch, but uh, there's just uh, all every character in this game is like written to to a T, like exactly what they were trying to accomplish. Uh, God, uh, the playing part one again. This being my first full experience with the game, I, I think this is the definite, definitive way this game needs to be played. Um, just with all the the little quality of life improvements they made and everything, the score is phenomenal. Uh, I am mad at myself that I did not play and interact with this sooner. I feel like I've really missed out, but I'm glad I got to do it, especially, you know, for the podcast with Colton Wenzel, uh, all of us playing together in the same room. That was a lot of fun. It, I, it, it really, it, it's deserving of all the praise it has gotten and deserving of all the hype. It, it being kind of in that instant classic territory. Um, sort of pantheon of of games like you know we touched on it earlier but like your witcher 3s your breath of the wilds red dead redemption 2 stuff like that uh score i think i'm gonna go i don't think i know i wrote it down two days ago i'm gonna go nine five on it oh nice okay awesome so you want to go for or me wenzel um uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go second. Um, okay. So, like, obviously, like we've said, I've played this before. Uh, I've played the second game. I know my way around it. I know what it's about. Um, so I, I will say, like, starting off by, like, um, $70. That's a crazy price tag. That yeah. is especially yeah. Yes. Crazy. But if you're a hardcore Last of Us fan... I think you should definitely see to it that maybe you need to play this because having played Last of Us Part 2 and then playing this, it's clear that what they were doing is that while while Last of Us Part 1, or sorry, Last of Us originally before it became Part 1, it was very much the vision Druckmann had, or the team had. But Last of Us Part 2 takes that vision and basically fully I guess realizes it or pushes it to its highest peak and then with that they're like well shit maybe we should go back and do that with part one and that's what they did because with the context of part two now and with this part one is like almost a completely different game and in fact elevates the original to the point to where like you know even though part one and the original are together the same game and i think should be kind of like um reviewed and critiqued together part one i think is the definitive version you need to play because the facial animations again it's like not only like through the characters and the cinematics and their interactions but also too like if you take the time to look at um, if you're stealth killing like humans, if you take the time to look at them, they make expressions of like, oh shit, like trying to fight and then dying. And it's a, te- it's terrible, like terrible in, a, in like the way that like, it looks so realistic. Like, 
oh man, like this, we're killing this person and they are struggling. And you only really see this in part two. You don't see this in the original. So the fact that they put that in there was purposeful. And the fact that like, there's so much more gore, um, the characters scream and yelp and they're, how they um, react to stuff. It's much more visceral and much more haunting and more reactive. And it's all done purposefully to where like, you'll see this in part two, but like our intimacy to violence, how intimate violence is. And I remember playing part one and um, the original, um, you know, you killed obviously uh, people in the game because they were obstacles. They were enemies. That's it. But in this, unless you're facing off characters who are like, you know, downright evil, for the most part, like, it makes you want to shy away from violence to where, like, if you can avoid killing people, like, do it. Like, because in the first, again, in the original, you didn't really feel that. You just felt like, oh, you know, need to get through now. Did you feel that was a brutal and dark world? Hell yeah. But with this version, not only do you feel it's brutal and dark, but like, you almost like, feel bad and you feel like you don't want to you don't want to do this you don't want to be brutal you don't want to be violent you want to completely avoid that and i think like that's what they were trying to they were trying to accomplish they accomplished it with part two but now with this definitive version together with part one and part two as a complete series uh there could be a part three um they have completely accomplished their mission and goal of violence in our world and and kind of in video games too and i i just think it's fantastic and this narrative this story of um seeing their developments and their experiences like it's just it's i know we've said it before but like a master class in voice acting character acting storytelling it is a phenomenal game and like i i like i i, I like part two more but part one now, this version is like up there and it definitely deserves, obviously, I think along with part two to be in that pantheon, that um, role, that lineup of some of the greatest games of all time. That's that's really what I have to say. I think what I'm going to do is I've actually already started on it. I've started an essay about it to where I can talk about it more so I don't take up too much time on here. But um, I'll try to see how I can incorporate that, like linking that for people to read that, um, see about how to do that. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I have to say. Thank you. You going to score it? 9.5. Okay. Now, it's my opinion. I actually hated it. It's not good <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. It's doo-doo water. No, I have to. Can you please take it seriously, Colt? Okay, I am. <laughs> I loved it. It's a fantastic game. It's a classic game. It sounds weird to say classic, but it's almost it's 10 years old. Uh, no, I, really... I think classic is a per- it, it, it is totally fair. Yeah. Like it's not a mascot game as in uh uh fucking Nintendo has Mario or Xbox has Master Chief. Like when you think PlayStation, you don't think of like a specific mascot, but you probably Kratos. think of either Joel or Kratos because uh, it's just that big of a game. It's Sly Cooper. 
No, I don't know about that. Maybe in 2004? Maybe in 1999? <laughs> I don't know when those games came out. No, you're you're actually pretty spot on with the years. I, I, um, I don't know. I fucking love this game. It's a fantastic banger. It's still as good as the first time I played it, the second time, the third, the fourth, and the fifth. It's an absolute masterwork right here. Do you think, think it's gotten better the more times you've played it? I feel like it stayed the exact same. My opinion of it has not changed at all. Really. I I think that the remake... I still think it's completely unnecessary. I think if you played the remastered version, you'd still love it. And you'd still have a lot of fun with it. But the visuals and all that, the facial expressions, it does make it worth it. Uh, if you love it and you've already played it before, wait till I'd say like forty bucks. You'll ha- you'll yeah. be happy with that purchase. Yeah. yeah. But uh, to give it like a score, I'm gonna it's it's gonna be really easy to medium or average this out because I'm going with nine point five. It's <laughs> it's good. Like, I was already thinking that before we even started playing the game. I was like, this is like a 9.5. While I think I, I, I love this game, I enjoy the second one more. It's not my favorite Naughty Dog game. I'd, I'd argue it's not even my second favorite Naughty Dog game. It's really good. I, well, not, yeah. I mean, it just to, just to like wrap this up with a neat little bow after four some odd. Some odd hours. It, it 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 it's fantastic. Like there's really no other way around it. Uh, the hype is real with it. If you've been like me and just were tired about hearing about it, and we're like, oh, it's not for it. No, it's it's fucking great. It, it's phenomenal. It's not your average zombie story, which I know is really cliche to say, but uh, it, it's and like we've all touched on that this part one is the definitive version. I can only imagine what it's going to look like on PC with some fucking crazy settings. Like, I don't know. No. On a high-budget PC, what it's going to look like, but, oh, fuck. I mean, <laughs> it's it's so fucking good. Like, it, I... It, it, if everything I've heard about Part 2 is true, I can't imagine it, how it builds upon this and is even better but I am excited. I will give a little spoiler. We've already started playing part two. Uh, we're, yeah. about hour, we're only about an hour and a half in. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just a fucking bangarooski of a game. And there's really no other way around to saying it. Like, I, I'm actually shocked all three of us had the exact same score, though. Um, yeah, I, I, I was expecting Colt to go full 10, but I don't think either of you probably expected me to go as high as 9.5. Um, I did not. No, they, I did not either. I, I I will yeah. say I I had decided already what my score was nine point five, um, just because whenever I played The Last of Us Part Two, I originally had Last of Us Part One. In my opinion, I was like, oh, this is a ten out of ten game. But yeah. after playing The Last of Us Part Two, I bumped it down. I was like, no, no. Uh, yeah, that, I know that, that kind of like gives a little bit too much for the next episode. Well, but... yeah, his opinion can change. That's true. Part two. That's true. Uh, yeah, might you could fucking hate it this time. Yeah. yeah, and I've and I've never played it, so I'm 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 going in with an open mind, uh, as as always. I, I try to at least. Uh, I, I think a game really has to be truly special to be a ten. Uh, I've probably given 
well, on my own personal scale, less than 10 tens ever. But fuck me, this game is just, I, I mean, it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Yep. And that's it. That's The Last of Us Part 1. Uh, yep. We will be covering, we already told you this, so your homework for the next month. If you haven't played it or beaten it already, or if you want to refresh yourself, go and play The Last of Us Part 2. Because yep. that's what we're going to be covering. Yeah, I think we have that to give you a date. I believe that episode will be dropping. It's it's the end of November. Um, The 30th. The, the 30th, yeah, day. November 30th. Um, you'll you'll get your fun, love, and banter episode of the Backlog Boys on November 16th. Um, right, a little pre-Thanksgiving treat, and for your post-Thanksgiving hangover the next week, um, uh, it's going to be dead week on a lot of campuses. Uh, y'all are studying for finals if you know you're in college still. The 30th, uh, gonna have a, a big boy Last of Us Part Two episode. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be chunky, sure. probably. And I imagine, I know this is already super long, but I imagine the next, uh, I think Last of Us 2 is going to be even longer. Well, con- considering it's almost 10 hours longer in length from what you've told me. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I feel I, stronger about that game than I do this one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I expected this to be long, uh, which is really the whole premise of this. Like, I mean, we, we want this to be as in-depth as as we can make it without going crazy because obviously all of us have lives and, you know, jobs and some of us are married and shit. Um, but yeah, this, this is what we wanted this to me. be. It's like a, an audio, just journey through the game. Give our thoughts, opinions, give a little, throw a little fun in there. Jock yeah. too much. Um, but yeah, just a long form. Yeah. Just a long form thoughts. And it's really what, we aim for these episodes to be are these like just big, especially with us only doing two episodes a month. Um, the, these like solo game episodes to be like, dig in get ready yeah. to eat. This is the full fucking course meal, brother. Yes, sir. <sighs> Y'all want me to do plugs or plug it up. All right. Well, thank you. If you have made it to the end of this for listening to the, uh, first official episode one, of the backlog boys uh you can follow us on twitter at backlog boys pod uh again as part of the all you can hear podcast network you can actually follow the so we're on the aych extra feed uh there's actually a twitter account now for that specific feed it is at aych extra that's uh x t r a so you can follow that or you can just follow us on Twitter if you like our shows, you know, just like our show. And you can also follow the other shows on the AYCH Network, Muscle Orchestra. Uh, you can follow on Twitter. We haven't had our first episode yet, but it's coming soon. I promise. Follow them at Muscle Orchestra. Follow the main AYCH show at AYCH Podcast. Uh, you can follow Cinema. I don't know how to pronounce Gr- Grimoire. 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 Yeah, I could never pronounce like, Rah, but, uh, uh, Rar. Cinema Grimoire at Cinema Grimoire. And uh God, we're on fucking Ultraman everything. Files. We're on wait, wait, what'd you say? Ultraman Files. Oh yeah, Ultraman File. What I forgot about that because not on the extra feed. We can follow Ultraman Files at Ultraman Files. Uh and yeah, you can follow the podcast is on everything uh at this yeah. point. Uh it took a couple of days to get the extra feed up on Apple and Spotify and stuff, but it's all there now, so 
please leave us reviews, likes, ratings, everything helps, retweets. Uh, if I mean, obviously, we have the rest of, of this year planned, uh, which is only going to be two more of these really meaty episodes. But if you have suggestions for us, we would love to hear them. Um, for for stuff you think we should play, and we can definitely you know take it into consideration. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Tanner one four nine five. My name is Colt. Follow me on Twitter at Colt D zero zero. Thank you for listening. This is the Gamer Show, and we'd be gaming. We do be uh, gaming. I'm Wenzel. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Wenzel Wilkie. Follow my art Instagram at World of Wenzel. Go to my bookstagram, Wenzel Banters, where I talk about books. Go to my store, where I sell prints and stickers, worldofwinzy.bigcartel.com. I have a link tree for all the links for everything in my bio, uh, including my Kofi, my Goodreads, my letterbox. So go check that out. Thank you again for listening. And uh, yeah, overall eight rating, pretty damn good, 9.5. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, Backlog, Backlog Boys, Boys total rating of 9.5. 9.5s uh, yep, sure. all across the board. Uh, yeah, any final words? Eventually, we'll get to a game that's absolute ass, and all you hear is us shitting on it. Yep, yep. that will definitely happen at some point in this. Uh, but for now, I guess all I can say is, I, I guess we really are the last of us. Amen. All right, ta-ta, everybody. Bye-bye.